With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Awakening Universal Minds. My name is Brother Beniti. Got Brother Ravana Noon with me this evening, as usual. I um, want to welcome everybody to the show. It is Thursday, January 19, 2017, 9.05 p.m., five minutes late, handling some business. Um, all right, so we appreciate everybody tuning in. And, again, if you are a new listener, for our first-time listeners that are tuning in for the very first time, if you've never listened to the show, we do this every week. If <clears throat> you heard about the show from somebody, if you know what we're about, and you're a regular listener, this doesn't apply uh, to you. But if you are a first-time listener and you are not familiar with our show and what we do, it is an occult metaphysical origin of left-hand path, ancient Egypt. Level of information is what we talk about. Uh, it's not a religious show. Um, so if you are here for religious purposes, you might as well not even waste your time and go ahead and exit the show because you're going to get highly disappointed if that's why you're here. This is not a praise the Lord, hallelujah hour. We don't care to be bothered with any of that nonsense. That's that poison that's been killing us for years. It's totally the opposite of that. So I just want to make that crystal clear. It is not a religious show. It is a left-hand path, metaphysical, occult show. That's what we deal with. Um, so I just want to be crystal clear on that fact as long as we have that understanding. Because occasionally, every now and then, people get a little confused with what, what it is we do and what the show is about. Uh, again, for the new listeners. Um, what we also like to do uh, every week for new listeners to briefly introduce ourselves, um, kind of give a little bit briefly about background. We don't waste too much time on it. Um, to kind of verify what we do is basically coming from an experience perspective, which is critical, which is key. Um, it's one of the reasons why we got together originally and decided to do this show because we felt we could speak from an experienced uh, perspective rather than just a book perspective, a secondhand perspective, uh, you know, um, getting your information strictly out of books. Um, so this the topics that we talk about, the things that we discuss, again, are coming from an experienced perspective. And that's one of the terms and phrases we use on the show you know, live the experience, don't read about it, because um, you cannot gain the full understanding of, of different levels of information by just reading about them. Um, so it is definitely, you know, a, a path of self-mastery, as we call it, self-deification, and you obtain tame the success on that path by, by gaining your experiences. That's what the show is about. Uh, we also make it crystal clear we do not subscribe to any particular ideology, belief system, dogma, organization, group. We do not uphold any specific conscious coon as, as the supreme authority on information, meaning 
we we don't we don't accept at all on any level the concept of following some conscious cone gurus such as Dr. York or uh, Farrakhan or any of these cones, and I got to call it for what it is. That is another slave mentality that's killing our people. It's called Messiahitis, and it's a sickness that's run rampant, unfortunately, amongst melanated people for years because they constantly feel the need to look towards somebody else to do shit for them. They literally believe in their mind that somebody has the key to their salvation and they join these organizations because they think they're going to go on a fucking spaceship somewhere or they're going to go to some paradise or some heaven somewhere in the fucking sky and they should have just stayed in dead Christianity. It's the same fucking thing. So we want to make that crystal clear. So if you're here for that, to promote your personal organization and your leader, you might as well leave too. This is not the right show for you. Um, so don't even attempt that shit here because you're going to get shot down and your feelings are going to get hurt. So we just want to make that crystal clear. Um, it's a path to self-mastery where you take the information and you utilize it for yourself. It's not our job what you do with it. It's just our job to relay the information. We are also not promoting anything. Uh, we are not trying to get you to join anything. There's no hustle. There's no gimmicks. We're not selling you fairy packs and dust packs and herb packs and, and promising you that it's going to take you to a whole other level and all that fictitious bullshit. So, we're, no, we are not promoting you or recruiting you. just want to make that shit crystal clear. Um, so now that we've gotten that out of the way, I think that pretty much uh, straight to the point. I think that pretty much clarifies what the show is about, what we're about. A little background real quick um, about ourselves. We do come from uh, myself, but I'll bring Ravana Noonan in a minute. He'll, he'll also give you his background. We uh, basically have walked a lot of these uh, esoterical and, and mystical orders and are still currently involved and active in some of them such as the OTO, the Order Templi Orientist, the Rosicrucian Order, the Martinist Order, Freemasonry, uh, Shriners. We have also been initiated in various different levels of IFA slash Santeria. Um, also practitioners and initiates of Palo, um, many different spiritual systems. Um, again, not because we want to pat on the back and not because we're trying to make ourselves look like we're so experienced and we're great. That's not why we're telling you that. We're telling you that just to confirm that we speak from experience and we are not telling you that because it's necessary to join or become part of any of those spiritual systems, groups, or organizations. But if you decide to teach on the shit, then we do suggest you might want to consider gaining some experience in those spiritual systems rather than just reading, again, out of a book or watching a lecture on YouTube that caught your attention and captivated you, or by sitting in some lecture where somebody fed off your emotions and you got hyped up for an hour or two and you thought you knew something about any of those spiritual systems, uh, join them and get the experience because then you can truly teach on them and you can truly see what's right and wrong and what you can you know, correct and adjust to your liking. That's called teaching from experience, not just reading about it. Um, problem is, over the years, we've realized in our travels that we've literally sat in classes and lectures where some of the lecturers had no clue that we were initiates in any of the aforementioned things, and we listened to them make complete fools of themselves, talking about shit that they have no clue what they're talking about. And you can tell just by what they were saying that they've never one day in their life set foot in any of those lodges or took any of those initiations so, therefore, you make a complete jackass of yourself trying to stand up there and tell the audience what's wrong about it and how the white man stole it from us and, and all this other rhetoric when you have not one clue what you're talking about. 
So that's why we mention that, okay? Not for a pat on the back. We mention it to prevent you from going forward looking like a complete jackass in front of other people. Um, this is the method we use to teach you. We don't cut no corners. We're straight to the point. Not really concerned if you like, love, hate, overjoyed, sad, emotional about what we say, teach, or do. That shit is irrelevant to us. It's personal. Figure a way to get over it. I'm sure you will. You're mature adults. So we're not concerned with your personal emotions and what you like and you don't like, you know, and your, your, your job is to figure that out on your own. We don't bother to waste our time and energy on that. We want to make that point crystal clear. Um, sometimes we've got to go over these things because we'll get stupid emails. I, I just want to add this quick before I bring in my brother. Ravon. I, I just saw the dumbest. Why I was actually late, I just saw the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life on Facebook. I just got to throw this out there so I don't forget. If you are a spiritual coon, and I got to call for what it is, because what I just saw had to be the most coonish shit I've seen in a while. I'm just like nauseated with all these melanated people having to profess their Egyptianness and or their Kemeticness, Africans, whatever the fuck you trying to. It, it just it aggravates the shit out of me. These jackasses, I ain't gonna say no names. Put a video of their kids who are like three and four, four and five maybe. Put a video of them, their kids on YouTube sitting in the lotus position meditating for five minutes. I, I kid you not. If anybody wants a copy of this shit, I'll send it to them. Now, what was so fucked up about this video, I'm looking at the comments. How spiritual. Wow. You can really see that they're zoning in and getting in tune with their higher self. I, I kid you not. These are the fucking comments. These are the actual comments. But me being the analytical person I am, I study everything. Here's the shit that pissed me off. It wasn't that spooky shit, because I expect that from conscious coons that are spaced out. That shit I expect. Believe me, I did, that, that's not even what surprised me, all the, all the idiotic, retarded, short bus people comments, okay? That's not what bothered me. I'm looking at, they, they got this pot of sage burning in the middle, and the kids are sitting on the bare floor, all right? I want to make sure you're clear on that. I zone in on the camera. The floor is fucking disgusting, okay? It's fucking filthy. You can see dirt on the goddamn floor on the tiles, the grout is like got enough of crud in there that I could fill up a gallon jug. And you see, that just goes to show me, okay, meditate on that shit for a minute, marinate on that for a minute. That's the bigger picture. You try in the front and you want to portray this image that your kids are so spiritual and in tune, but you sat their asses on a grimy, dirty-ass, disgusting fucking floor. Okay? I mean, the floor, I mean, I'm not talking about just a dirt mark here or there, you know, no. I'm talking about a dirty, grimy-ass fucking floor, wherever they were sitting on. And then your dumbass was even stupid enough to take a close-up with the camera. All because you want to portray to your Facebook followers how spiritual and holy your fucking kids are. That's what bothered me about it. At least clean the fucking floor before you film the video. Okay? It's disgusting. But when you got an ego problem and you're looking to be a poser, and you just want to create a false illusion for people because you want them to think you're so spiritual and African and comedic and your kids are so gifted more than everybody else because you're basically vibrating towards the part of your ego that makes you look like a jackass, not the part of the ego that can be beneficial for you. This is the part of the ego that gets you in all fucked up situations. Clean the motherfucking floor. Okay, she just irritated the shit out of me to see two little kids like that sitting on a grimy, dirty-ass fucking floor with some sage burning so you can portray an image to your Facebook followers that you're fucking holy and spiritual. 
And please do not send me that fucking bullshit, okay? I am not interested in your spiritual videos. I don't know how many times we've got to say this on the show, and if I sound fucking irritated, I am. Because I keep telling people, stop sending me this shit. It doesn't fucking impress me. I don't care to see it. It's a waste of my time, and it's a waste of your time. I'm not interested. I'm not going to react to that shit and, and contact you back and go, oh, wow, your kids are so spiritual and holy. What are you doing with them? No, if I call you back, you don't want to talk to me, trust me, because I'm not going to be calling you back about your kids. I'm going to be calling you back about how fucking stupid and ignorant your dumb ass is, okay? Okay, having said that, Brother Ravonna Noon, what's going on there, brother? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm just sitting here in my driveway in the lotus position. I'm looking up to the heavens, brother Chan, because mm. I'm very spiritual. You wanna you wanna uh, record it? You want me to record it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Send it to the Facebook page. Yeah, send it yeah. to the Facebook page, so we yeah. can promote how spiritual that is. Okay, cool. All right. Um, being that said, normally I have a little intro, but I'm I'm gonna share an intro from. Uh, some information to share, just because I've noticed in the last couple of weeks having dialogue with, with individuals, some are still confused what the left-hand path is. But, I mean, I'm just being real. I mean, I just can hear the the discussions with individuals and, and dissertations and theses they want to share with me. And I'm talking about numerous of people, okay? So I'm going to share this. This is dealing with Vama Marga, Vama, V-A-M-A, Marga, M. A-R-G-A, which is one of the original roots of the left-hand path. It is the Dravidian root, and then we also speak about the uh, Kemetic or Egyptian root, which is through the Setian doctrine and information. So anyway, it says here, initiation through the deliberate violation of deep-seated external social and internal personal taboos Individual separation from tribal normative values and a radical inversion of convention and orthodoxy of every kind. A traditional proverb of the tantric Vama Marga sums the principle up succinctly. Through the very deed through which humans, for hundreds of millions of kalpas, and kalpas are basically uh, skull caps, okay, burn in hell. Through exactly that deed is the yogi liberated. In other words, this left-hand path method of deliberate inversion or opposite doing, as George Orwell wrote in his 1984, orthodoxy means not thinking or not needing to think. Being orthodox, orthodox is unconsciousness. In this sense, the left-hand path represents deliberate heresy against the dominant culture of the practitioner, whatever that culture may be, a breaking of sleepwalking orthodox religious behavior or social behavior or cultural behavior or society behavior in favor of a fully conscious state of wide awake being. Left-hand path initiation, however, cannot be limited to a merely intellectual break with the hard or the herd animal man. As the proverb above, above makes clear, these transgressions must be deeds, physical actions taken in the real world to truly affect self-transformation. It is not only what the left-hand path initiate thinks that situates him or her 
in the sinister current, it is what he or she does. The left-hand path is a way of action, not intellectual contemplation or worse yet, reading about action. Now, I share that to say that individuals who may listen to the show and have a problem with what the fuck we say do not understand that we're not saying it because we've intellectualized uh, our path and our walk because we've read books. We have a lot of conscious awareness because of the books we read. The left-hand path is a path of action. It is not a path of talking shit and saying what I'm going to do, what I've done, what I've, what, 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 all, all these great things. It is a path of just endless action. And the, the path of endless action is not just taking action. It's taking action against all of the conditioning, all of the programming that you have been indoctrinated under, since birth, whether it be family, culture, tradition, religion, on and on and on. If you're on the left-hand path and you claim this is your path now, where's the action? Don't over-intellectualize every goddamn thing. Do not overemphasize every goddamn thing. Keep with the action. Now, when that is also being said, are you taking action because you are trying to not only take action because you want to control the outcome of the action, or are you taking action to see where it takes you? What I mean by that is this. If you take action and you're doing a ritual, do you try to control the outcome of the ritual too, or do you just do the ritual and see where the fuck it takes you because you jump knee-deep in there and now whatever comes, whatever may be, is what may be. Understand now, it is totally addressing yourself and breaking all of the taboos, limitations, borders, boundaries, rules, regulations that you've placed on yourself. Not just your family or society, but you also placed on yourself. Left-hand path is not about limitation. It's not about boundaries and borders. It's about testing and challenging yourself to break everything you know within legal bounds, mind you, legal bounds. Let me say that again. So mm-hmm. people do not claim, they don't claim that we're saying break all the laws and rules. No, fuck that. I didn't say that. I said legal bounds. You got to be wise in what you do. <coughs> Breaking all the taboos, rules, regulations, limitations, borders, and boundaries you put on yourself. Meaning, my friends, if you um, have always wanted to find a way to travel to Haiti, let's say. But you put all the borders, boundaries, rules, and limitations to stop everything that you did to, from getting there because of, oh, your family, oh, it's dangerous there. Be careful. Oh, you don't want to go there. See, again, listen to other people's bullshit, right? Or whatever. Oh, that's that voodoo, and it's evil there. Okay, here we go. Now, again, listening to other people's shit, and then we take those opinions and thoughts and put borders, boundaries around, around ourselves. When your whole inner being is saying, look, man, go to go to Haiti. There's something there for you. Go to Haiti. You feel me? So we have to understand, because myself and Brother Beniti, we say this at the show at the beginning all the time, but I said, let me break from the tradition of us doing this and saying it like this and just read a little excerpt. The reason why I did that is because 
I I think people are still misunderstanding what the left hand path is all about. Left hand path is not a fucking religion, goddammit. It's not any of that shit. It is a basically a path, a philosophy of how to conduct and govern yourself according to yourself without all of the man-made uh, ideologies and, and conditioning and all these things. You have to be able to break from tradition, from culture, from all these things. See, the biggest problem I've noticed is that as uh, melanated people, we're so stuck on culture and tradition. And you do not realize that if you do not face even that, that some of your culture and traditional ways could be very limiting to what you're doing, very limiting to where you're trying to go. And you have to start addressing all these things. For if you don't, you're always going to stay in that stagnant or static position. You're not going to become dynamic potential energy or dynamic energy. You're going to stay at static energy. You're not going to fluctuate. You're not going to expand. You're going to stay in the same position over and over and over. So I say that because people will tell me, well, this is what I did. This is what came out the ritual. And then I listen to them further and further, and I say, oh, see, this motherfucker right here tried to control the goddamn ritual. They didn't just let that shit ride where it took them. They didn't go knee-deep in there and just say, you know, I'm going to go wherever this shit takes me. That's where it's going to take me. They wanted to they wanted to finagle the outcome <laughs> to the way they wanted it. So really, how much are you really giving yourself into breaking all of your control issues, all of your, uh, you know, issues that you have had surfaced for all these years, if you just did the same shit you've been doing all your life, you just now did it in a more sinister way, or more black magic way, or more dark, dark occult way, but you're still doing the same shit that you did before you even came to the left-hand path. It's a way of life. It is a way to see things and view things without the 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 blinds that we put on our eyes. It is about facing your false illusions. For example, that little boy meditating. First of all, let me let me say something. <laughs> if horrible. you feel you have to put your kids on YouTube, then you must really un- not understand that anything that happens to that child, you just made responsible for that. What I mean by that is your life should be private. You should not be on Facebook, YouTube, or anywhere else putting your private life public because you just now targeted, made your kid a target with all these people in this world that have issues. You understand? You just put and made that child a target because you have people who have issues still. You understand what I'm saying? And now you just basically say, oh, here's my son. Here's my daughter. Look at how cute they look. Look at how much they meditate. Look at how this. So you don't think there's somebody there that's sitting there thinking the other way? What the fuck is that? Why do people have to put, look, next thing you know, niggas are going to be making videos taking a shit on YouTube or Facebook. (laughs) Taking a goddamn shit and making it seem like they're spiritual because look at the aura (laughs) around my head while I shit. Nigga, that's possible you're sweating 
and steam got onto the screen because you're taking a hard shit. You understand? This is the stupid shit that gets under our skin because, listen, man, listen. Niggas will claim there's some master cultists, some dark this, 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 all this shit, right? And then you see a motherfucking video with Yoda and shit. How fucking hard are you, nigga? How fucking <laughs> sinister and occult are you? How deep and dark are you? That's some gray, fluffy, light sider shit. You understand? I call it for what it is because I'm tired of masking shit and people just over there pimping people and using people. Listen, anybody who knows us, we do not charge you for a goddamn thing. We do not fucking charge you for coming for uh, this this event we have coming on next week on Friday. We do not charge you for a goddamn thing. Okay? Why? Because we learned through our experience, personal experience, I don't need money to make myself seem like um, I'm some authentic whatever, master or guru or teacher or whatever. I can exist by my own mind, my own creativity, and create my own business and have different opportunities presented to me that I can be independent of pimping knowledge to pimp my my ride, my house, or anything else. You understand what I'm saying? I don't need that shit. We don't need that shit. We are independent. We have our own personal businesses. We have our own personal jobs. We have our own personal everything, but we keep that shit private. That shit ain't for everybody to know because there's some crazy boxes out here. You understand? So understand, you buy the left-hand path, we're going to challenge you every step of the way. If you don't like that shit, don't come on the show. If you don't like that we address you on your bullshit, don't come on the show. Because this is not a show to make you feel good, high, mighty, because you're dark melanated or brown melanated or any melanated complexion, okay? Don't tell me that you're the original and then you go take a DNA test and you're only 65% African. How original are you, nigga? Come on, cut it out, okay? Don't tell me that you're so great and so this and you don't even know how to activate your melanin. Don't tell me, oh, see, brother, I go out in the sun. Well, okay, first question I'm going to ask you, where do you live? If you live up north, do you realize you have to even extend beyond two hours of daylight just to get sufficient amount of daylight to help your your melanin and your body to produce abundant amount of serotonin to help produce vitamin D and calcium levels to increase? You have to be out there even longer. You could, don't believe me, go look at scientific studies. Europe North, as melanated as all these conscious coons on 125th want to claim, if you're so melanated and conscious, do you know that most individuals are uh, vitamin D and calcium deficient who are melanated in the northern regions of this country? Oh, you didn't know that. Well, you're so conscious. I thought you were so aware. I thought you knew everything. That's because... You don't understand how to activate your melanin. So I don't care darkness, this, that. It's irrelevant. If you don't know how to work your shit, stop talking shit. If you don't know how to elevate your shit, stop talking shit. If you have a personal problem because we may not agree with the ideologies of constantly pumping and promoting the black woman as God because you want some pussy and just can't come right out and admit you need some pussy, then that's your problem. We understand 
the black woman. We understand the origins of the teachings. We understand their uh, the emphasis on bringing that forth so that it can help self-esteem and it can also relate back to the feminine energy being first. Understood. But at the same time, don't under, don't don't ever forget it's a balance because without one, you can't get the other. Understand that. So we don't go hard on, oh, the black woman is God, this and that. Now, in our personal uh, lives, we may have different views than what you a person may have. That may be a little more to your liking. But overall, no, it's not going to be accepted by you because those are all things that people do to get some pussy. That's irrelevant. Irrelevant to us. So I'm just saying this because aggravation gets to a point and you have to release it. This is not the good old days where where I'm going to meditate it away and chant it away and sit there and say I'm fluffy and light so it doesn't bother me. Bullshit. If I have some aggravation, I'm going to let it out, I'm going to release it, and I'm good. That's it. Peace. All right. Appreciate that, Brother Ravano. A couple of things I want, I want to touch on before we get into the suggestions. I'm glad you mentioned a couple of things. Um, we were talking about, like, like I say, man, I bring that up real quick and just to leave it there. Um, to just see that shit, the person that sent me that shit, I personally should drive to the house and slap the shit out of them um, personally. That's what it made me really feel like doing. I don't want to see your fucking two, three, four-year-old kids meditating on a dirty-ass fucking floor, okay? Let me just say that. just want to be crystal clear. It just, I mean, how, how much of a fucking ego do you have to have that you got to film a five-minute video of your kids meditating and then your dumb ass is not smart enough to clean the fucking floor that they're sitting on. They're sitting in a filthy-ass, fucking dirty-ass, grungy floor. So that, just, that, that tells me everything I need to know about that person. I'm going to tell you this. I'm, since we ain't sugarcoating nothing tonight, I guarantee the motherfuckers is broke as hell, ain't got a goddamn thing going for them, lives are all fucking jacked up, family life, personal life, on all levels, all jacked the fuck up. Because they're so busy putting on this facade about how holy and spiritual they are. That's the fucking problem. Instead of wasting that time and energy because you want to portray to your fucking little Facebook followers and whatever bullshit you be doing, take that energy and you utilize it to better yourself. Not to portray this fake-ass fucking image that nobody gives two flying fucks about, especially me. So for the last time, I'm going to tell people, do not send me no goddamn stupid fucking videos like that. It's fucking stupid. It's obnoxious, and it just tells me how, how much of a jackass you are, straight to the point, and how pathetic you are, okay? And clean your motherfucking floor. That's the other thing I got to say. Clean your goddamn floor. There's too much goddamn cleaners out there in the fucking store for your floor to be that fucking goddamn grungy and dirty. Clean that shit, motherfucker. Anyway, uh, something that you were saying, I'll leave that there. Haven't said address that. Um, we'll leave that there. Um, you were talking about fueling your intent. I want to back up to that, doing the ritual and not trying to control the ritual because sigils is, is going to be tied very important to what we're going to get ready to talk about. Now, that's why, that's why if you go back to some of the older shows we did, you know, the key about any time you work a ritual, if your intent was fueled correctly, you should have no need to control the ritual. That's the key because if – your intent wasn't done clearly or correctly, and then you still feel the need to control the ritual after that, then you're not having confidence in what you're doing. That will destroy the whole purpose of the ritual. And that, this is what we mean when we said uh, on a multitude of times on many different shows to engulf yourself in the experience because then you don't, you don't get the full benefits because that's the problem why people struggle 
uh, sometimes on the path is because of what Ravana Newton just said a couple of minutes ago. They're trying to control the ritual even after they filled it with their intent. And I always tell people, after you complete a ritual, one of the most important statements you can make is simply say, so it is done. It's a very simple but powerful phrase because when you say, so it is done, you are leaving it there. You are confirming what you did was successful. You have confidence in what you just did. And you're not second-guessing it. You're not going back to it. You're not revisiting it. You're not trying to go over it and say, did I do this right? Did I do that right? Was this correct? Blah, 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 blah. That's, that's all those are factors, and it's very important that, you, that he brought that up. All those would be factors considered trying to control the ritual. And in controlling the ritual, you destroy the purpose of the ritual. Um, when we were talking about last week, you must, you know, lose control of yourself to gain more of a control of yourself. This is what we meant. We didn't mean reckless abandonment, just be a complete buffoon and moron and, and, and not be aware, but not aware to the point where you're trying to control everything. Because, look, bottom line is this, man. Another thing Ravana Noon touched on. Again, I got to touch on it again because the worst time of the year is getting ready to come up in a couple of weeks. This, this going, not, not, not our listeners. This is going to piss some conscious cones off. I fucking hate Black History Month. It's fucking annoying, and I'm going to tell you why. Because every coon in their mother comes out of the woodworks. Okay, if it ain't this circle over here promoting, and Rosa Parks didn't want to give her bus up on the, 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 the top of the bus. Nobody, look, I want to hear about motherfucking Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, and none of that shit. Okay, and I'm saying that not to negate what they went through, because this time of year, unfortunately, we got to go over it. Because everybody all of a sudden wants to be cultural and black for a month. And then when March comes rolling around, they're back to doing the same old bullshit. Okay? So don't teach me about that shit. Let's talk about, let's go way, let's go way back beyond that. Let's, let's take it back to the pre-dynastic Egyptians. Okay? Let's take it back to this path we're talking about tonight, how far back this path goes and the spiritual system that involved. This, this is the real origins of real Kemetic or Egyptian teachings, not I am Osiris. I am one with the all. That's that fluffy bullshit. Here, bottom line is this. Another thing we got to touch on. If stagnation was the word you heard a couple of minutes ago from Ravana Noon, stagnation. By not, you can never tap into the isolated intelligence if you still stay in stagnated things. Give you an example. I told you, we got, we got your left foot in, your right foot out, everybody, and do the hokey. We got a lot of motherfuckers doing the hokey pokey on this path, Okay. They want to be, like, like Ravana Noon said, they portray to be dark and, and this and that, but deep down inside, they're still fucking religious and they into all that comedic cone shit and, and all this so pro-black and, you know, but they, they, want to portray, they want to portray on the outside that they're about this. And I told you, on this path, you cannot fake the funk because yep. you will be exposed. And this is the reason why you don't get results, not because the, the path doesn't work, because the path is a proven proven method of success when applied correctly. And when one fully applies this path and works it and gets results and is completely successful, you, there's no way to go after this. You can't. Because this path keeps you moving forward and constantly changing and evolving. What are you going to do after this path? What are you going to go back to being a fucking Muslim? Yeah. What are you going to yeah. do? You're going to go back to being I'm Kemetic? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? What are you going to go back to practicing Ifa and Santeria? That's anything you do after obtaining success on this path is a step backwards. I don't give a fuck what it is. Yep. 
Okay, and, and, and this is why people get to a, a crossroad on this path and fear sets in, doubt, because it's not the, really fear or doubt. It's they're, they're contacting their true, they're making connection with their true self because now everything is coming to the surface. It's rising to the surface. And they start feeling an a, a influx of emotions that they really don't know what the fuck it is. So some are able to embrace it make the adjustments and deal with it and move forward in progress, and then some can't. And that's the reality of this past. That, that's called stagnation, okay? That's what we meant when we were talking about stagnation. So wanted to address that. So now let's get into what sigils. Powerful subject on a multitude of levels. Um, can be worked with a multitude of levels. I, uh, I get a lot of emails about sigils. I mean countless amount of them over the last year and some change. Um, there's not one particular way to work with them. Somebody asks, well, what's the right way to work with Sajils? The right way is your way. Say that again. Anything on this path, there is no structured way. There's no one particular has to be this way and this way only. That's, that is totally opposite of what this path stands for. So the correct way to work any of these systems is to educate yourself on the knowledge of it, and then out of that knowledge, you create your own system that works for you. That's my, that's my answer to that question. That is the correct way to do it because what might be the correct method for, for uh, Kevin may not be the correct method for me, vice versa. What I do working with Shajils and get results may not be the right method for Kevin or Tom or whoever the fuck. This is how you got to approach this path. That's the mind of a person that thinks like a person on the road to self-mastery or deification. Okay, you gather the intelligence, you get the information, you put it all together, and you come up with your own ingredients to make your successful outcome. So Shajils is very critical and key in that. All right? Now, I'm going to read an excerpt. I had, me and Ravana Noon, I had shared this with Ravana Noon last week, and we had a discussion about this. I think this is a good excerpt to kind of give a, a concrete understanding about sigils, and it comes from a, a left-hand path article out of a publication. I can't remember which one. Somebody passed it to me, uh, but it's irrelevant. It's the information in it. So it's an article uh, from a left-hand path um, publication. Um, I'll pull it up. Um, I think this is a good starting ground. Uh, I gravitated towards it personally, and I'm saying personally because it's something that resonated with me. This is very similar. Uh, I would say if somebody asked me, you know, Brother Beniti, how do you work with sigils? And this is what stood out to me when I came across this article. Somebody had passed in it through me in, a, to, uh, in an email. Um, I said, wow, this is, this is kind of how I work with them, very similar into the methodologies that I use. Ravana Noon, uh, you know, kind of agreed he had some similarities in it. And I'm sure when, when, when he talks, he'll, he'll share some examples of how he works with them. But I, I want to start reading this real quick um, on sigils. Okay, so the sigil, of, everybody knows what anti, antonymism is, or antinomian gnosis is a symbol that follows the way of bind rooms in the way that it is composed of multiple existing sigils. In this writing, I will explain the symbolism that I have uncovered within thus far. Now, it's going to use the symbols of, of what, who we know as the character, the archetype, Cain. So pay close attention. And I thought this was unique as the symbols were broken down 
in very intricate details and how they resonated. And then, uh, Brother Ravana, when you come in, I want to kind of maybe share how we were talking about some of these symbols on the Kali archetype and then even the Kali sigil. But we'll, we'll go through that because I thought that was, that was key. And since we're getting ready to do an event next week uh, dealing with the Kali energy, I think it would be important to, to share information on the sigils and the energy of Kali, which we're going to be starting to uh, work with in, in that event. All right, so then he goes on to say it's composed of multiple existing sigils. Beginning with the esoteric, esoteric mark of Cain, at the bottom of the sigil, now listen to this closely. Listen to how he breaks down the symbol. And this is exactly what I do when I work with a sigil. We can view this as the descent of the Luciferian where the practitioner experiences his innermost chaos. This is the, if you ever seen, yeah, if you ever seen the symbol of Cain and that symbol at the bottom, if you look at it, that definitely could be something you can tie into what we call innermost chaos, meaning your bullshit. Basically, that's what it represents. The inside of Cain's hook, if you ever seen it, and again, if you are have the access now as you're listening to this, you can actually just Google the symbol, pull it up on your screen, and it's kind of like doing your own personal PowerPoint as we're going through this. You can see it for yourself. The inside of Cain's hook is a representation of the womb of Tiamat, mother of abominations and chaos incarnate. Okay, the por- This portion of the sigil is extremely important to the journey of an aspiring adversary because it is representation of what I refer to as the Leviathan consciousness or the human unconscious. So all that religious shit you were taught years ago, Leviathan and 666 and Leviathan is the devil, that's a fucking religious, cornball, trash, garbage information that's coming from a religious perspective. That is not what Leviathan represents. It has nothing to do with that. This aspect is so significant to the Luciferian because one cannot truly know thyself without embarking upon this descent within, notice it's within first and then without. Whereas every other dogma and culture, religion, philosophy, it's always an outward journey on back to the inside when it should always be from within on out. That's what the left-hand path is. One has to go within themselves to understand God or the creator, go within themselves to understand their inner chaos, the abominations that they're working with. Because as we said before, it's, it's so beautiful to sit here and acknowledge all the wonderful things about yourself. I'm a good person. I'm very helpful. I'm knowledgeable. I do good things in the community. So you love that shit because it boosts up your, the bad part of your ego. But then you, then you don't like to address, well, you know, I'm kind of a little fucked up. I got, a, I got a jacked up temper. You know what I mean? I got no patience. I'm not really as good as a father or a mother or a husband or a wife as I thought I was. You understand? I'm not really as good as, at my craft as I thought I was. Man, maybe I'm really, you know, not really good at this thing called my career. I'm fronting. I've been bullshitting myself. You understand? That's the part. That's the innermost deep chaos you don't want to address. So you mask it with all the things you like about yourself. So that's how he's breaking down the bottom of that symbol, which when I read this, I was like, man, this shit is on point. Because when I looked at that symbol, this is, I kind of reflected on the same things. And this is, this is the energy that emanated from that symbol when I was looking at it. All right? Then he goes on to say, okay, within and without, you must understand yourself to a high degree to become a Luciferian. In a true sense, you must be willing to burn, listen to this now, you must be willing to burn away all of the false aspects of the self. 
and embrace both your inner darkness and light. When he says light, we're talking about intellect, okay, knowledge. This stage is death. I got I to back that up for a second because I hope nobody missed that. Let me just say that phrase one more time, okay? In order to a higher degree to become a Luciferian, you must understand yourself in a true sense. You must be willing. Not, it's not an option. It's not maybe, maybe I will. I'm not sure. I'll think about it. Maybe I'll try it. If I don't like it, I'll go back to being a fraud. It's, that's not what it says. It says you must be willing to burn away all of the false aspects of the self. You, you want to know what the, one of the hardest things for people to burn away is jealousy. Jealousy on all levels. I'm not just talking about your basic jealousy. Jealousy of because somebody's successful, maybe you're not. I'm not talking about jealousy uh, when it comes to, uh, say, relationships. Now, I'm not talking about mundane shit because usually when those emotions come to the surface, there is a a part of that inner chaos that you're not addressing because most things that you hate are things you're not addressing about yourself, okay? Most things that you hate. I'm not talking about external things. I'm talking about internal things, all right? Then it goes on to say this, okay? The state, this stage is death. The conquering darkness inherent within the psyche of the individual. Man, I can't stress that shit enough. This stage is focused on exploring that darkness and embracing it as a manifestation of Cain. The first on the left-hand path, murder. This is a process of reevaluating yourself and shattering the illusions put forth by life itself. Oh, shit. Back that, back that motherfucker up real quick. This is a process of reevaluating yourself and shattering the illusions put forth by life itself. Wow. Mm-hmm. This path is brought to fruition by perpetual descent and ascent, continually gathering Gnosis as you go forth on the path of the crooked serpent. Mm-mm-mm. And here's the last part. Traveling upward from Tiamat's womb and Cain's hook, we see the wolf's hook, a symbol of ultimate balance, the human consciousness, transformation, and transcendence. The wolf's hook is also representative of liberation. We see this from the 16th century usage of this symbol. All right? So that right there is just an example in this, in this particular individual's experience of how they resonate and work with Sajils. Now, having that information, if, say, you were that individual, because okay? the show is about working with Sajils as a black adept and working it in your black magic spiritual work. Okay, and then we're going to go through some other Sajils. I wanted to open with that because I think when I read that, this is an individual that gets it. You understand what I'm saying? This is an individual that has... Now, somebody might look at that cane symbol and come up with a whole other concept and ideology, and guess what? That's correct, too, because that's what resonated with them because whatever was activated in that inner chaos that came to the surface, that's what they needed to address about themselves. So that's why they chose to identify with what consciousness was, was coming from those sigils because it's what they need at the moment. Now, you might look at that same sigil, 
six months, a year later down the road, and it might take on a whole nother different meaning because you're at a different area in your spiritual growth. So it ain't going to mean what it meant to you six months, a year, two, three years ago because you were going through something different at that time. So that sigil was resonating a whole different level of consciousness where now you might look at it and it might represent victory on those paths, conquering, because you can look at that symbol and gather that too because one can say, I've traveled the path of the crooked serpent, but I conquered now. I went into the inner depths of my inner chaos, but I overcame. So now when I look at the symbol of Cain, it doesn't mean what it means to me now that it meant last year or the year before. This, this is what we mean when we say this path is constantly evolving and changing. It's never the same. And this is why you're always challenged and you're constantly working. Like you said, it's a constant path of action at all times. It's not a stagnated path where you sit back and you wait for things to happen. It's a path where you get the fuck off your ass and make things happen for yourself. And like, and not, like you said, oh, man, shit, I'm catching the fucking Holy Ghost, brother. I'm catching it. Catching the spirit, brother. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That spirit is coming through. It's not a path, like you said, and this is important, where we feel the need to put our personal business out. We don't do this because this is what we do for a living. We do this because we want to share this information with people. It's not, it's not what we do for a living. Our success is, is confirmed to us, and that's all it needs to be confirmed to, so we don't feel the need to put all that personal shit out there. The ones that do that, they got to stress all the time of what they got and what they do and, and constantly convince you to take their class and sign up for this seminar and pay this $500 and I can make you a fucking guru and you're going to learn it. These are Negroes that do that shit for a living and they need your money to sustain their lifestyle because they don't do nothing outside of this because they don't know anything outside of this. And that's called perpetrating the fraud. That's called putting on a front. Sounds good on the outside, but they're not addressing their inner chaos on the inside. So I'm going to tell you this. Look, you can sign up for anybody's class and take anybody's whatever it is for four weeks, six months, a year, and you can pay ridiculous amount of money and be a fool. I guarantee you after that excitement wears off of maybe hearing a couple of things here and there that you didn't know and you feel like you might, you're amped up because you feel like you might have learned something, I guarantee you a couple of weeks afterwards you're right back to being the same shit you was, you know, from day one. Because there's only so far that that's going to go. And, again, it falls back under the sickness I call Messiah-itis. Messiah-itis. Melanated people feel the need to follow somebody or they feel like somebody has the key to their salvation and they're going to do it all for them. Let me just join this organization because this charismatic leader said he speaks to fucking extraterrestrials and aliens and they're going to take me to some spaceship that's going to take me to the fucking promised land. Well, let me join this organization because they're talking about a go-back-to-Africa, you know, kick. We're going to go back to the motherland. Listen, man, that's about as realistic as Santa Claus coming down your goddamn chimney on December 25th. Okay, that's the reality. It's not a reality. So having said that, let's talk a little bit now. We use that opening there to kind of see, you know, how sigils work. And as we said, they work on a multitude of levels. It can be utilized. Let's talk about, let's start with Cali because, Ravonna, um, we had this conversation the other day, and obviously we, we decided to do this event for Cali next week. We've been working with this for a while now. And what the dark aspect of Cali, obviously, we have got to say dark, not the fluffy, tantric, and, you know, 
Get in tune with the motherly love goddess aspect of Kali. That's not the shit we're trying to tap into. We're talking about the dark goddess energy of Kali. Okay. Let's talk about her main her main image that most people see where she has the multiple arms. You see she's carrying the pesket knife like Set was the took, the knife of separation. You see her depicted with that chopped off head. She's trampling over bodies. A lot of symbolisms one's get one gets from that. Let's talk a little bit about that. And you had shared some stuff with me I thought was interesting that you picked up when you work with that image. Um, and some of the symbols and sigils associated with Kali. Let's build a little bit on that. All right. Well, Kali's my bitch, so let me say that. Kali, see, when people, people got to get this, this, this right now. You have a modern-day image of Kali. That modern-day image has been watered down by Hinduism and other fluffy tantric shit. The original tantric workings of where Kali were called Kaula and Vamamarga, which was dealing with uh, sexual rights and breaking the taboos of society, culture, family, tradition, religion. So when you go to the original image of Kali, which is hard to find, but she was depicted in black skin. See, these modern-day Hindus who are mixed individuals with Aryan who are Caucasians, and with Dravidians, who were originally from Kush or from Nubia, they tended to water down the shit because the Aryan group of people that came in there had a racist caste system, and so the darker you were, you went to the bottom caste, and they wanted to change everything, okay? So anyways, eventually they depicted her blue, but why was it black? Now, they will say, oh, you know, black represented the darkness, you know, but when you learn to love her, it turns to light. It's all fucking gay shit anyways, because that's just their way of trying to make everything fluffy and more appealing to the Western Westerners and their fluffy doctrine. In reality, when you go work with Kali, you're facing your darkness. She is symbolic or representation of your own darkness. She is symbolic not only of your own darkness, but your own chaos. And she is symbolic of destroying the false illusions you've created about yourself. This is why she carries the uh, sickle-shaped uh, sword with the head. Now, you can look at this various ways. You'll have the mundane or the average breakdown of what that represents. The average breakdown is the head is being chopped off because it represents... Kali making you chop uh, face or or destroy your false ego. Yeah, that's standard. But when you get into the darker aspects of that, you start to understand not only is that <clears throat> you facing your false illusions created about yourself, but it's also bringing forth your aggressive, fierce side where you no longer take shit from anybody, the bullies, the people who want to control you, the people who tell you what to do, the people who do this, that. When you get a deeper meditation of it, it's also symbolic of you taking control and chopping the head off of not only your false illusions, but those enemies that try to come against you, whether it's internal or external enemies, and getting rid of them, okay? Or taking them, 
and getting rid of them but holding on to their head, making them subservient to you. Now, you may not like that because nobody likes to be subservient to anybody. It's just fucking reality. There's always going to be rulers. There's always going to be followers. There's always going to be rulers or masters. There's always going to be servants or slaves. It's just the life pattern. It is part of nature. And for all those who want to be nature freaks, you really don't understand it. Nature has your hierarchy of certain predators and stronger animals who rule the weaker animals. And they're always going to be prey. It's just reality. Okay? So when you look at Kali and you really face that, you'll and you face her, it begins to resonate with your subconscious mind about all of the things that you're deficient in, all of the things that you have been bearing, hiding, um, ignoring, or just plain out not aware of. It's the darkness that awareness comes because the symbol of Kali bypasses the distraction of the conscious mind. So you understand something now. Your conscious mind is distracted by everything that you are going through and experiencing in your waking world. Your conscious mind operates off of your five senses, and it is through those five senses that it tries to perceive and make sense of things. However, in the darkness, you will face the true part of yourself, the parts of yourself you are afraid to discuss with yourself or with others, the part of yourself you're afraid to bring forth because it is so heinous and so creepy or so perverted or so demonic that you uh, just don't want to even deal with it. You turn a blind eye to it. So with that working, you get to the the root of her, another root of her name, which is Kala, which means time. She breaks the illusion of time and how you're encased and controlled by the illusion of what we consider to be time. So you get to the point where you realize the only time that is, is your time. When you wake up, what you do in the hours that you're awake and what you do in the hours of sleep. That's all that's real to you. Understand, it's not real to the world or this is society and this is how we operate time. It's real to you. So when you get to that reality, you start to realize that in this darkness, you start to face the real aspect of yourself, the vampiric aspect. Are you the prey or are you the predator? Are you the master or are you the slave? Uh-uh-uh. Because they'll give you the fluffy definition of breakdown of Kylie, and I've heard it a million times. She's this, she's that. She's she's more than just that. She's love. She's fuck that. Listen, if you work with this shit, it'll bring up some shit that is going to resonate with you that's different than what you commonly hear about her symbolism and what it means in that. So, you will face the vampiric aspect of yourself. This is why she's usually depicted with fangs. Anybody ever ask? Well, goddamn, where the fuck did right. came from? I thought the vampire concept, vampire concept, came from Transylvania. Bull fucking shit. Kylie's older than all that shit. She, she's at least six, five, six thousand years old. Segment with is the lioness also has fangs. 
Well, that's 10,000 years old or so. So understand, <laughs> shit is predating all of these modern concepts that we've created to make ourselves feel great about Kali. And in reality, why Kali's black or dark is because you never really understand her. You know why? Because you never really understand yourself, because many people are afraid to face that part of themselves. So she then, originally, she never had a skirt of uh, hands on there, by the way. Originally, she was butt naked, okay? Uh-huh. To show you how much they changed it. She didn't walk around with a skirt of hands, chopped off arms or hands. She originally walked butt naked, representing sky-clad, representing originality or yourself as a born-again individual who's faced themselves, mastered themselves, and now is the master over their domain. It's not this, oh, she wears a skirt, because cause they'll give you 10,000 different reasons why she wears a skirt and there's arms there. It's all bullshit, because originally it was never like that. She always did have skull heads, okay? And they'll tell you, well, these skull heads represent the 50 letters of the Sanskrit, because they say Kali's responsible for creating that language. But what the fuck are you using the skull for? That still doesn't make sense, dude. That's right. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? <clears throat> what I got from it is those 50 skulls represents to me the 50 deaths that you may face in your formative years of life. The 50 deaths to yourself. The 50 deaths of the lies you've committed to yourself. The false illusions created to yourself. And you die repetitively. The skull representing that consciousness that is dead but becomes awakened when you chop the false illusion of yourself or you destroy the enemies within and without. So, when you look at Kali, you're looking at yourself. And basically, Kali is an aspect that resonates with the deepest part of yourself, the chaotic part of yourself, and the abyss part of yourself that you refuse to face. This is why when most people start to work with Kali, they immediately start to get results. But the results are never what you want. Not with Kali. It will be what you need. It will be what you need. I'm going to keep saying that over and over and over. So for the people who want to control the rituals and all this, you're still trying to create what you want. You're not letting happen what you need. Okay? Understand that. Because this aspect of Kali then, showing herself, um, originally here goes the story. Durga, which is her mother, Durga is the uh, warrior goddess of original Dravidian concept that Hindus took over later, okay? And she was having a war with demons, two particular demons that she had trouble defeating, okay? So from her third eye, she created Kali. And she created Kali um, in her rage. Durga was angry in her rage. She created Kali. So Kali came out as a warrioress. Not all this fucking loving and she's a mama and she's all this and she tickles your titties and all this shit. No. She was born as a straight motherfucking warrior. So when Kali was born, her first thing was whipping some fucking ass. Okay? She didn't stop and say, oh, look, I love you. 
She said, no, fuck this. I'm going to kick some fucking ass up in here. And so she defeated the demons. But there was a king of the demons, and she went on and kicked his ass, okay? And she went in a blood rage, okay? A blood rage. Anybody who's ever seen the Blade movies, they talk about the blood rage in that actual uh, first movie, Blade. Talk about the blood rage and the blood king. In reality, that's related to the blood king, okay? But anyway, I mean queen. But anyway, so what happened is in her rage, in her blood rage, she started to even kill some of the gods. It's a mythological story, so don't take it and think it's real. It's a story, goddammit. So anyway, she started to kill some of the gods. Well, the gods got together and said, whoa, fuck this. This can't happen, buddy. So Shiva said, look, I got to go and chill out Kali. I got to calm Kali down. Because she about to fuck everybody up and even kill the guy. She about to kill all existence in the South. Okay? So Shiva went there. And Shiva, you know, basically came in front of Kali and took the passive position. Because of her anger, her rage, she knew he couldn't come aggressive. He couldn't come in that aggressive way because she would have destroyed his ass too. Because she would have took it as a threat to her, right? So he came passively and laid beneath her feet. And Shiva, being the pimp, tantric master he was, had a hard, erect penis. Kali looked down and said, oh, shit, goddamn, nigga, you packing. So her tongue at that moment dropped out. And she put her foot on him because when her foot was on him, she had a choice to either make him active consciousness or keep him passive consciousness. You understand? Without the feminine, the active consciousness doesn't always happen and vice versa. So she got aroused seeing Shiva packing. And she and her arousal calmed her blood rage down enough for her to stop the killing and give in to her lust. And as the story goes, she eventually sat on Shiva's penis, which is considered the first tantric act, not the spooky fucking melodated, uh, beautiful <laughs> tantric melodies they give you. Oh, There's some serious, just fucking, I want to fuck. I'm going to sit on your shit. And as the story goes, not only did she sit on, sit on his penis, she done started swirling and twirling on his penis. Now, that's some serious fucking, goddammit. When a woman could just twirl around like that nonstop, that's some shit, bro. But anyway, <laughs> so in that was also the first act of the feminine masculine being activated for balancement, okay? So this is why some people, when they work with the Kali energy, you're going to feel this underlying immense, urge of sex, okay, because she is the original tantric goddess, she is the original fucking sexual goddess, well, some will say, well, that's Shakti, well, Shakti originally was the energy, she was considered the energy before she was manifested into physical form and depicted as such, she was originally just an energy who incarnated as Kali, okay, and that 
energy still is very strong when you work with Kali. This is why Vama Madhika practitioners uphold the feminine energy, okay, because what they realize is when they uphold the feminine energy as a man, and this is very important to understand, as a man, because men and women have this twisted and really don't understand this energy in a lot of ways, okay? But basically, this is what it's all about. So when the masculine wants power, it must draw it from the feminine. Just as when the feminine wants to be conscious, to reflect, she must draw that capacity from her inner masculine source. Mm. Now, her, uh, her, what, 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 what kind of source? Feminine, or did you say masculine? Her, her inner masculine source. Oh, wow. Okay, I just want to make sure nobody missed that. Yep, because <laughs> what's funny is that <laughs> people are so stuck on the feminine, 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 and they don't realize that to tap into that consciousness, you tap into the masculine within yourself. Mm. Mm. Basically. So, in reality, when you look at Kali, you have to derive your own meanings from the symbols. It took me a long time because my head was filled with every fucking thing I studied about Kali was filled with everybody's opinion and they all had this overall meaning of her symbols and things like that. You know, and that takes away from you discovering what Kali means to you. To me, when I see that severed head, like I said, it's the warrior side of myself saying, I ain't taking no shit from nobody. Whether it's my own bullshit or somebody else's external bullshit, it ain't happening. I chop the head off of that and I chop the head off of others who try to come against me. There's nothing wrong with that. But people have this misconception that you're supposed to just love everybody and care. No. Look, in black magic, we don't intentionally go out and, and fuck with somebody, okay? We don't intentionally go to destroy somebody. Now, let me clear, make this clear. You don't come fucking with us. And you don't come threatening it's our life, threatening us. By all over. we will destroy you, and we will destroy your ass over and over and over this life and the next life, nigga. You best believe that shit. <laughs> okay? What? So, what? <laughs> I'm this sorry, is, go ahead. This is what Kylie represents. She represents that warrior aspect, okay? And Kali and Shiva work together because, listen, geez, I just can't stand these modern fucking new age motherfucking modern bullshit and how they fluffy eyes everything, okay? The original, one of the original concepts of Shiva is not the one, the one you see today where he's meditating and he's sitting there with ash on his body and he's fucking holding his trishul or his trident and he's got the drum and he's just there in such a lotus divine position. His original, one of his original concepts was Rudra, which is the motherfucking warrior Shiva, which is the motherfucker who also was working with Kali to fuck shit up. They don't want to tell you that. You understand? They want to depict him as some fluffy guy who just wants to meditate in the Himalayas all day. No. That's not Shiva energy. Nope. Exactly. So, you understand now. Working with Kali, 
she has her set of symbols, and she also has her own sigil, which in the Sanskrit is known as Yantra, Kali Yantra. Okay, look it up. It's a geometric symbol. And its geometric symbol is con- consisting of squares, circles, triangles, and triangles, and a dot. Now, that's important to understand because you, and you can read up on it, how people work with the Yantra. I don't fucking care how they work with it. I work with it the way I'm going to, what's derived from with me to work with it. Because they'll tell you, oh, we'll start with the lotus, lotuses around the triangles or the circle. We'll start, look, I start at the point, the bindu, as they call it. I start at the point because all things begin with a point, a dot, a black hole, the yoni, yeah, the pussy, whatever you want to call it, right? It all started with the black hole and gave birth to multiverses, okay? So I tap into the dot. And when I did that, you go into a serious trance. Serious trance. You go into a serious trance, and you feel all this shit vibrating up on your head. Some of y'all may feel it differently. Some of y'all may feel it down there, or your chest, whatever, whatever. For me, I felt it up in my my nether, uh, my upper regions of my my head. Okay, and from there, I came out from the the bin the bindu the dot. And came from deep within. And now understand why I did this. I'm trying to go into my subconscious and unconscious mind. So when I start from the dot, I'm starting from a deep part of myself. And I start to come outward with the triangles. And then coming forth upward. Now, listen to this. I start with the dot. I'm within deep subconscious, unconscious. I come with the triangle starting at my root chakra, and I work my way out to see the whole symbol work into my crown. Hmm. Yeah, well, anyways, different story. So <laughs> this is one of the, her symbols, and that symbol also has its meaning, but you have to derive your own meaning from it. Uh, you understand? I just share some of mine. But when you work with that sigil, or that yantra, whenever you work with sigils, like I said earlier, all you're doing is distracting your conscious mind because your conscious mind is constantly distracted by what color is this, what music is that, what sound is this, what's this over here, who told me this yesterday, who likes me today, who who doesn't like me tomorrow, who this, who that. And all that verbiage, all that fucking uh, self-talk, gets in the way of communicating or tapping into your subconscious, unconscious self. So when you utilize sigils or things like that, you're tapping into a symbol that is charged with an energy, your energy usually, charged with your energy to bypass the distractions of the conscious mind to get to the sub and the unconscious mind to communicate, okay, or bring forth messages from your higher self, or it's called the demon, or daemon, okay? And to release and bring forth things that have been stored within your subconscious and unconscious self to deal with things that are blockages and obstacles on your path. I can't do that if I'm constantly operating from the conscious mind. Because the conscious mind is going to do this when you try to do this work. Let me tell you exactly what it's going to start start trying to do. It's going to say, well, am I doing this right? 
well, am I supposed to be standing by this, or am I supposed to stand? Am I looking at the candles? What am I look, supposed to receive when I look at the candles? Am I receiving something? You hear all this shit going on? Believe it. Most of y'all do it whether you want to admit it or not. Okay? Now, if you have a sigil, a symbol, an archetype, something that you can focus on, you're bypassing that distraction and getting straight to the source. That's why working with sigils or archetypes or symbols is important so that you can stop the chatter and get to the root of it all. The bindu, the point, the black dot. You get to that point and you start to open up the abyss, your own abyss, and you face your abyss. The problem is when people get there, they run like little bitches, like Mm -hmm. little sisters. They run because people don't like to face themselves. They have done everything for this amount of time in their life not to face themselves. So you do the rituals, and people will be like, oh, yeah, I got this, and this happened. You see, you're talking about all the good shit about yourself. So then I'll ask them sometimes, say, well, what about the shit you don't like about yourself? Because I know that comes up, trust me. I don't been doing mm-hmm. rituals long enough to know that that shit comes up at the same time, too. But we always Correct. focus on the good shit we like. What about the other shit? What, what did you hear about that? And sometimes you get answers like, well, I didn't pay attention. What? Why didn't you pay attention? That's the shit you needed to hear. Not all the shit that made you feel good about yourself and made you feel all this and that. The shit you needed to hear is the shit that you've been hiding or not facing about yourself. Because that's the shit that's your blockages and your obstacles that keeps you from manifesting true results. True results, yep. I want I want to back up on something you said a minute ago. I want to, I want to touch on something because it was important when when locking into these sigils. Um, so I want to flip into another area because it's true, uh, especially the Kali sigil. When focusing on the dot in the center of the triangle, and then it, you know the lotus takes on a, a multitude of levels symbolically and what it represents: transformation, uh, you know, varying levels of degrees and changings. Uh, I mean, people get so many different. Uh, projections of consciousness and what it represents. But when you lock in on that nukta or that dot, as you said, it can put you in a serious trance and opens up portholes or higher states of consciousness. Now, I want to correlate that to something else now. The, uh, uh, something we're going to revisit because I think, I think that show went over a lot of people's head when we talked about uh, the pandemonium Mandela and contacting your demons of the black sun. Um, I think that went over a lot of people's head. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think a lot of people really got that show. Yep. Um, I'm saying that because I didn't get that feedback. And I, I think that show wasn't clear, so I, I, you know, we, we, we're going to revisit that. Now, I'm bringing that up because when you do access your personal demon, we gave uh, an exercise one, I believe we did, we gave an exercise one can do to work with your personal demon. And, again, we went through the whole metaphorical breakdown of the word, the etymology of the word. We're not talking about your D-E-M-O-N that's been ostracized through religion. That's a religious definition, not that, you know, negative false devil demon that the media and Hollywood and movies and religion have created. When you do the etymology and research of the word from the D-A-I-M-O-N prior to monotheism, as we said before, I want to be crystal clear on this. It just meant a highly smart, 
intelligent, supernatural being, for lack of a better word. That is your personal demon. Some might call it a god. So we're talking about that personal demon. It won't be crystal clear because people hear the word demon and because they've been programming and conditioned. And part of this path is about reprogramming the subconscious mind. That's real black magic and being retaught or reteaching yourself everything because everything we've been taught has been incorrect. We're talking about that demon. Now, with sigils, I bring that up because of this. You're going to find out that this is a very, very, very effective tool because when you contact and make that link and connect with your personal demon on a personal level, I will guarantee you, I'm going to say 99.9% sure, you will see varying different symbols. And they're going to be symbols that you don't, here's the mistake you don't want to make. Don't correlate that to something existing. Let me say this again, because this is, the, this is one of the key central aspects in working with your personal sigils, your personal demon, which is the most powerful archetype and the most powerful energy you can work with outside of anything you'll ever encounter. More powerful than working with the archetype of Ra and, and any of these deities and Shango and Obato or whatever, whatever archetype in any pantheon, any culture. Your personal demon is the most powerful. You, when you access that personal demon, you will see symbols. I don't care if it looks like a bunch of squiggly lines. I don't care if it looks like a bunch of odd shapes and you can't make sense of it at first. Say, what the fuck is this? Why am I seeing this heavily? Why am I seeing this? It doesn't make sense. It's not, it doesn't line up with me. You know why it doesn't line up with you? Because subconsciously you're trying to connect it with something you think you're aware of. Yep. You say that again. You're trying to connect it with something existing, and it's not there because it's personal. It's for you. And I always tell people, because everybody that has done this ritual, people I've worked with over the years, say, yeah, man, I saw all these crazy fucking symbols. It didn't make any goddamn sense, but I couldn't figure it out because you spend too much time trying hard to correlate it to something you thought already existed. It's personal. And I tell people, and I am guarantee you, and I'm 100% certain on this, if you draw those symbols down or keep some type of record of it, I guarantee you when you go into meditation and you focus on those symbols, you draw it down, just like Ravana Noon was just saying, when you lock in on certain sigils, such as the Kali sigil that we just mentioned a few minutes ago, when you lock into your own personal sigils, you will automatically, that, that dark abyss or the abode of your personal demon will open wide up for you. And you will be able to... You, if you want to call it astral traveling, you will have a, a out-of-body experience. You will reach higher states of consciousness. You will vibrate outside of person, place, and thing, where you are now receptive to a level of consciousness that has no limitations. It can't be defined. It can't, it can't, you can't put a beginning and an end on it because it's, it's never-ending the levels of information and knowledge and consciousness and, and the personal experience is not limited. So sigils work in that aspect, too, where they can unlock certain aspects of your subconscious mind. It can tap into your superconscious and activate higher states of consciousness, which lead to, it could be various levels of, uh, you know, on trance levels, out-of-body experiences, vibrating on higher frequencies. All that shit is opened up and receptive. Now, you'll see in this path, and I'm sure... Myself, I know Brother Ravani, and I'm sure many other people listening have a, a shitload of sigils around their altar. I know I do. I've got the vampire sigil, 
the you know, Baphomet, obviously, and what that represents. We've gone over that a million times. Um, the Cali Sigil. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. Because when you look at them, this is why you should have a lot of these sigils, because the very fact that when you look at them, now we've talked about this, remember, sigils and symbols are always projecting consciousness to the subconscious mind, whether you're aware of it or not. How do you know that? Let's go basic mundane real quick. Six-pointed star. What's the first thing that came to your mind? All you motherfuckers said Hebrew, Judaism, without even having to think about it. They know this, Okay. If I say, let me show you, show you this. We did this with uh, a bunch of other marketing uh, tools. When you see advertisers, same thing. When you see commercials, you'll see they always correlate, these big companies always correlate a symbol with their company. When you see the AT&T symbol, you see it, you automatically know it's AT&T. The mind says AT&T. Not the fact that it says it, you see that symbol. Okay, you can go to any of these big-ass companies. They all have their own symbol. Why? Because they constantly want to project consciousness into your subconscious mind. They want to program you whether you're aware of it or not. So this is why they adopt the symbol to these big companies. Well, it's the same thing when you're working spiritual magic. You want these sigils and these symbols to constantly be, to be projecting the right state of consciousness to your subconscious mind. You understand what I'm saying? This is important because this is the correct way, and I say the correct way in the sense of getting the results, not that it's the only, you know, the correct way from obtaining the results from sigils is finding that niche. But the bottom line, the core essence is, regardless of how you work with them, the, the core essence is they are always projecting certain states and levels of consciousness. The only difference is everybody's going to perceive those states and levels of consciousness on varying degrees of, or levels based on where they're at in their spiritual journey. Because remember, I said earlier in the show, when we were talking about the sigil of Cain, you might have first looked at it and perceived what it represented because you might have been in a certain state in your life, maybe at that moment, that you were struggling, you were going through hardships, great transition, serious change. There was a lot of growth and development. And sometimes in that growth and development, there's pain and suffering. But then you might have looked at the crooked serpent aspect of it that I said. Three, four years later, after you conquered a lot of this inner chaos and put it in order, remember, out of chaos comes order. This is what this means. One must take that chaos, embrace it. Not reject it, not neglect it, kick it to the side, pretend it doesn't exist, throw on a dashiki and a big-ass fucking ankh and say a lafia and ashe, and, and, and you got it all good on the outside. You look spiritual. You got everybody convinced. You look cultural. You got big-ass afro, and you're wearing all this cultural attire. You smell good, but on the inside, you rotten, and you fucking all fucked up. This is what this is talking about. So now that you've conquered it, that symbol might mean something else to you four or five years later. It's no different. This is how you, you should work with these because it, this is part of the process, not the only process, but this would be a method of when we talk about reprogramming the subconscious mind, reteaching yourself. You understand what I'm saying? To correct all that is not right about self. This is a methodology that one can use to work that particular aspect. Okay? Very effective. And again, you have to find your niche. 
So when somebody says, how do you work with your kids? If anybody sits there and tells you there's one exclusive, specific way they're out of their mind. There is not one exclusive, specific way to work with this agile. So when you get a question like that, you can't give a vague answer. You know. Let me also add this. When people work with agiles, understand something. Um, it's not for every case and all times, and it's, and it's not what you have to do. It's just some of these sigils, the symbols, to make them even more effective, you should activate them with your energy. Mm, yep, yep. Spit, whether it's spit, blood, uh, sexual fluids, yep, uh, that's right. holding your hand over it, whatever the case may be, you activate it with your energy because when you activate it with your energy, it is now <laughs> resonating with your frequency, your mental frequency, and you charge it with your intent. Now comes the the results of tapping into your subconscious mind and bringing forth what is that you need. So, understand, it's, it's, you can have a geo symbol in anything, but the ones that come from self, that came from within yourself and you drew down, those are already charged with your energy. Now, charge them even more with your energy by adding something else to it of yourself. And those will be even more effective because mm-hmm. anybody, as you continue this work and as you go along, eventually you're going to get to a point, and we say this quite often on the show, you're going to go to a, get to a point where you're going to not need anything external, where you are the ritual. You are the walking ritual because you have become the actual process. Your life has become the living process of what a ritual is for. So eventually all this work is getting you to a point where just by thought, just by walk, just by sight, you manifest or materialize exactly what you need into your life because you have become everything that you ritualize. You are now it. You are now that. And this is why it's important that you create your own sigils. You create your own rituals. You create your own meanings. You create your own usage of candles. You create your own everything. Because ultimately, when you get to the level of a black adept, a sorcerer, you become... That which you are, and it stops being something you do. And I'm going to say this again. Catch this, people. Sorcery, magic, black magic, working with any of these, left-hand path, any of this, is not something you do. It's something you are. Okay? Mm-hmm. The big difference between something you do and something you are. If you're, something, mm-hmm. if you're still doing something, you're still not convinced that that's what you are. You're still doing it. As if it's you're trying to convince yourself. yourself. Yep. When you do yep. it and realize that it's something you are, it becomes a natural process of your everyday existence. Mm-hmm. Let me add this too. When you said something a minute ago about becoming, like when you create your own personal sigil, becoming that, this is another effective method symbolically to actually process and manifest that. One thing I like to do, and this is very effective, and I definitely would encourage uh, people to try this on their own, 
Uh, as we know in working a lot of rituals on this path, the, the chalice plays a very important role uh, in a multitude of rituals. Um, it can be used for on a multitude of levels. Um, I tend to use it for, like, creating packs, confirmation. Um, and when I use it with sigils, this is something very effective, and I always suggest people to do this. If you're doing a ritual and it involves sigils, towards the end, um, when you have your liquid in your chalice, and as you know in a lot of these rituals, you drink from the chalice as a confirmation uh, of partaking in the, the wholeness of what the ritual represents. Draw the sigil over the chalice. I'm telling you, this is very effective. And whatever, if it's a personal sigil, an existing sigil, the key is what the sigil represents. As you draw that sigil over the chalice, and whatever consciousness it is projecting to your subconscious mind, as you ingest the liquid, visualize that sigil literally becoming the embodiment of what it represents within you. So as you're actually ingesting from the chalice, that's what one focuses on. And then you'll find out it'll take you to a higher level of understanding what that sigil represents and what it can manifest for you. But you really have to focus at the time, if you're going to use it in this method that I'm talking about, after you draw it over the chalice and ingest it, really, I suggest you don't do it too quick. Slowly drink from the liquid in the chalice and visualize that embody in every aspect of you what it represents. Let me also yeah. add this on. This is a prelude to a class coming very, very, very soon to a theater near you. Anyway, so this is um, very important to understand for those who want to do sex magic. If you each have your own sigil that has come through you to create, you can utilize that sigil in sex magic. You can very either so, one place it on the ground, on the bed, or wherever you're going to get busy, and you charge that sigil with your sexual fluids united, combined. Okay, or you can place the sigil on the partner that you're interacting with, or you can trace the symbol on her or his body. Okay. Uh-huh and you charge it with your energy, masculine feminine energy that is becoming as one powerful energy in your sex ritual. So understand now, there's many different methods and ways to utilize this. I just brought that up because it's a prelude to a class that's coming up soon. And many people keep the sigil as something more external instead of something internal that could be utilized for different methods of magic. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's a good point because I mean I'm, I'm glad you bring it up. Yeah, you know, let's get into a whole nother level. That like I say, it takes it to a whole nother level. Um, and especially the effective part of drawing the sigil on an individual or engaging upon the actual sigil itself, uh, yeah. because it activates a whole nother level of energy and. That's critical and that's key because it, it represents the embodiment. Again, it's, as I said, even if you use the metaphor of the chalice, this is the same thing but on a whole different level, on a, on a much more higher level. Again, you're, you're repre- you're, if you're using it in that aspect, both people are, are be- representing an embodiment of what that sigil represents. You are, you are ingesting, again, on a whole different level 
the embodiment of the consciousness of what that sigil rep- represents, just like, for an example, in the Infernal Union, uh, dealing with the Baphomet symbol. As we've said before, Baphomet represents totality, equilibrium, masculine and feminine energy. It's a, it's a merging of those masculine and feminine energies which bring that totality, equilibrium, balancement. All those things are manifested through that energy of working that sigil by way of that particular system that we're talking about now. Um, that's how that works. And one has to have a thorough understanding, whether it's sex magic, whether it's uh, you know working with your personal demon. When working with rituals, one has to really be knowledgeable and educate themselves uh, on that. And all that ties back into one of the most important things that we've said a million times before. We talked about it at the top of the show, your intent, okay? Feeling your intent, which is so critical and key because then it won't force you to do what we talked about in the beginning of the show, try to control the ritual. If you clear on your intent and you say, I'm going into this particular ritual for this particular reason, leave it there. That's it. That's all you need to do. So just be clear. This is why I'm doing it, and this is what I want. doesn't mean that's exactly what's going to come back to you the same way, but this is what I am trying to obtain or want to obtain, and leave it there. Don't try to control it, and then try to obtain what level of it you want. See, that's the difference. When you say you're trying to obtain something from the ritual, you just leave it at that, and it's totality. But when you try to start now trying to break that down into fragments, and now you're trying to be specific to a point where it becomes ridiculous, that's called controlling the ritual. Not engulfing yourself in it and to get the experience to really understand what the results were because you were spending more energy trying to figure out all the particulars, you just kind of fucked yourself up whether you were conscious of it or not. That's the importance. That's the difference. That's the level that these work. Now, again, we've, we've gone through, in, the, in, in, you know, in this short period of time, multiple levels of how you can work with these sigils. Here's another one. Let's flip to another one. Outside of, outside of working them in, in the aforementioned ways, and, and again, we'll – in, in that upcoming show, we're, we're going to take it to a whole other level uh, on that aspect when dealing with sex magic. We're definitely going to take it to a different level. Um, drawing them over your altar when you're doing invoking is another simple, effective way. Um, just draw them in the air over your altar. Um, I like to do that sometimes prior to working a ritual or at the end of a ritual. Um, one ritual, one symbol that I like to draw a lot enriches is the chaos symbol. And everybody sees with the chaos, that circle with a lot of those scriggly things emerging from the circle and sun has the serpent in the center of it. Well, what I like to do, because again, because it represents to me out of chaos comes order and it all starts in the chaos. So if I start a ritual and draw that sigil or finish the ritual, it represents two things. It represents out of chaos comes order and the chaos will return. You understand? That's why you would do it at the end if you're casting a chaos symbol or chaos sigil over your altar, in the air, above it, whatever. It's just as long as you're focused again on what it represents, that's what it represents to you. And you as the magician or the black adept, you hold the power on your subjective realm to make that a reality. Because this is not something you are externalizing. It's something you are internalizing. And again, that's why I went back... In the very beginning of the show, we started out with that excerpt from that article 
and how it talked about the inner chaos that one doesn't want to address. And it's like it also stamps in the subconscious mind as a reminder that that chaos is constantly manifesting. And that's a good thing because then you could tie it back into the pep concept and what a pep represents, constant chaos. Because when you see the symbolic story that, okay, Ra could not defeat a pep, spend his whole, whole nights and life trying to ward off and fight a pep, couldn't do it. Set did it. It's all symbolic. Set was able to destroy a pep. He was able to slay a pep. Ra couldn't do it because he was approaching it the wrong way. Set, because he represented the isolator, and that's why we did that show last week, to show you Set as the god of isolation or isolated consciousness, was able to defeat a pep because he was coming from a different mindset. He knew what a pep represented, and he knew really he didn't defeat a pep. He contained a pep. But in that containment was defeat because he was able to destroy the controlling aspects of what a pep represented. See, the fluffy light side is such as Ra and Osiris and Horus and all them, they were so busy trying to break down this good and bad concept. And that's not a reality. There's no such thing as good or bad, positive or negative. Seven hermetic principles. They're just varying degrees of vibrational frequency and energy and they're defined by the way the individual perceives them. That's how Set approached it. So Set was like, the reason why you motherfuckers can't master this concept is because you're still trying to put this in a box as if it's two separate things when you're not looking at a pep as a necessity as, as opposed to not being something that's pertinent for your spiritual growth. You're trying to make it, define it as something negative or evil, as something external that exists outside of yourself that is coming towards you to cause and do you harm when it was really something that was manifested from within and, and came to the surface, but none of them wanted to recognize that. You understand what I'm saying? So now it became this whole God-devil concept. And now we take it up to today in 2017, you have a lot of people in the conscious community that still teach Egypt like it's a fucking religion. The good and bad. I, look, this is one thing I still can't get to this goddamn day. I can't stand when I hear a motherfucker go, Ra's the most high. Negro, take your ass back to the masjid, the church. What the fuck is, what kind of nonsense is that? Ra is the most high? You cannot, look, you cannot get around the concept that shows subconsciously there's still religious influence stamped on your subconscious mind. We talk about this all the time. The most high is a religious term. I don't care what you classify yourself as today. I don't care if you claim you're not religious and you don't deal with religion. There's some trauma that's impacting your subconscious mind where the effects of religion is still plaguing you if you still got to use the concept of the most high. And not only that, you are still confirming that you are looking at the existence of God and the creator outside of yourself, showing, therefore, you are still very religious even though you could be professing with your tongue, I'm a God, I'm original this, and I'm original that, but inside of that brain of yours, it still hasn't registered that. It's still saying, I don't get it. I'm religious. You're not hearing me. And you're trying to neglect it and pretend it's not there by engulfing yourself in all this external shit and, and saying you're comedic this, and I'm going to change my name to Osiris or Allah Akbar, Muhammad Tahuti, whatever the fuck ridiculous ass shit you motherfuckers come up with and now you've convinced and tricked yourself nobody else not us 
You ain't tricked nobody on the outside, even though you might be walking around, think you got everybody fooled. And, oh, man, this motherfucker got it together. You ain't fooling nobody but your damn self because eventually it's going to come to the surface. That's what this path does. That's the reality of this path. You can't run from that. You can't hide from that. And this was what happens when we said earlier, this is where people run into hardships because it's not a matter of if. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when it gets to that point. Are you prepared to deal with it? And when you get to that fork in the road, are you going to embrace those challenges and say, all right, fuck this. I see. All right, this is what it is. I'm going to take this head on, and I'm going to conquer it. I'm going to master it, and I'm going to move forward. Or are you just going to run like a bitch back into doing whatever you were doing? Because like I said, when you get on this path, because it's a path, a path of constant change and growth, there is nothing to go back to. Anything you go back to after this is a step back. I don't give a fuck what it is. I don't care if you call yourself Yogi Swami, a Buddhist, a, a, a comedic consciousness, a black Hebrewist. Right? You, you can be all those things. They are low-level, low-level evolving levels of information compared to what you can attain on this path and the levels of knowledge. See, the other thing is there is no restriction on this path, okay? And that's what the chaos symbol represents to me when we're talking about sigils. And that's why it's the backdrop of my altar when I work. It's the very backdrop. It's the thing I look at and focus on when I'm working any ritual. I can't help but not see it. And it stays with me even when I'm not there. That's how powerful sigils can be when you lock into them and really tap into the level of consciousness that it represents. It represents that constant change, growth, and evolution that emerges from that chaos. And the one facilitating that growth and change is you. That's the key. So you got to tap into these sigils. As you heard Brother Ravana Noon say, you're hearing me say, you got to tap into them on your own personal level. So, so again, when, when that question comes and, and, and arises, I mean, there's, there's, there's a multitude of levels and dimensions to how to work with sigils. And like we said in the very beginning of the show, the correct way to work with them is as you see fit and how it represents to you. And again, as I said, they will change over time. The meanings will change as you grow. And you'll, and you'll look back and go, wow, I didn't look at that shit like that back then. Man, that shit meant something entirely different to me, you know, four or five years ago. And, wow, now this is what it means to me. Guess what that, guess what that means? It's called growth. And that's a wonderful thing. When you can feel that feeling and actually identify it and recognize it and see the change, engage the change, and see the progress and the results, it's a good feeling, man. I know we all experience it. It's a good feeling. You go, holy shit, wow, man, damn. That's where I was three, four years ago. Wow, I'm so far removed from that. That Man, you should feel proud when you get that feeling. In a good way, feel proud about that shit and go, wow, I've actually progressed. I, I actually obtained this is called results. And this is what it can do for you. It's that, it's that fucking simple. But again, nobody's controlling you know, the, the, you know, how, how far you can go with this is, is, is totally dependent upon you. Nobody's going to do it for you, okay? Very important. I don't know if there's any other suggestions you want to go to or, or we can start that. I was going to take some calls shortly. Or if there's anything else you wanted to add to that or something else uh, we maybe missed or something key, key important to, to, you know, to touch on on the suggestions. I mean, I think we went through some of the basics and kind of gave the groundwork. No, that's good. I'm good. Okay. So, I mean, that's just some of them. Obviously, again, we can't, we'd be here all night if we went into this on every aspect. We just gave you some of 
you know, the Kali Sajil, the Baphomet Sajil, you know, the Vampire Sajil, if, you, if that's your path in your work, um, what that represents just by looking at that Sajil. I actually have a pendant of that that I wear frequently because um, that's, that's an energy. We're all going to gravitate towards things we like more than others, and that's, that's just a natural thing called human nature because we're tapping in to our personal character and what it represents because you're going to find that some path to this just like anything else in life that you have no interest in, and that's okay too. You might go, yeah, that's cool, but mm, not really feeling that. That's the beauty of this path. There's no what you, you don't you don't need to be doing anything that you don't feel like doing. If you don't gravitate towards it, you're not you're not getting a good vibe that you feel like it. You just like kick it to the side because I'm guarantee if you talk to everybody on this path, you're gonna see there's some systems they like to work more than others because personally they gravitate towards it than other systems. I know myself and brother Ravana Noon pretty much. Vampire magic is probably one of our number one things, or the number one thing. Yep. Luciferian magic, very powerful. Um, the darker aspect of, of, of Kali, not like we were talking about earlier, not that old fluffy Hindu, you know, pranayama and pranayama om and all that. No, not that shit. Um, there's a dark aspect to yeah, that. Remember, Kali is symbolic of one of the first vampires. Actually, she predates That's Lilith. She predates That's right. all that just sex. Sekhmet and Kali are like the oldest two. So you got to remember that's the original concept of vampire magic. That's where it all started from. That's correct. Good point, good point. Okay, so having said that, what we're going to get ready to do, um, because it's approaching 11 o'clock, we're going to try to keep this show a reasonable length. I know last week we went way over, um, so we'll try to stay on for a little bit more. Um, Obviously, we ain't going to be able to get to everybody's questions tonight because we've got a lot of people on the call, I see. Um, doesn't look like too much going on in chat. I know some people came in. We didn't dress them. Um, we see uh, BZ Ho said, what's up? Seth Atna, peace. Uh, Sister Alchemist, we see you in there. Um, see anything else going on in the chat? Uh, that looks like it. Chat's pretty quiet tonight. Um, but if you are in the chat, uh, again, you can type questions in, and we will read them. If you have a question or a comment or an opinion, um, within reason, type it in. And we'll address it. If you are in the chat and you would like to get on the call and you would like to speak uh, on the show to the listeners and speak with us, if you go right down to the bottom of your screen at the bottom of the chat, you will see the call-in information. Right at the bottom, you will see the number, 1724-444-7444. Right next to it, you will see the call ID, which is 134-778-POUND symbol. And then it's going to show you the pin, which is the number one pound in the pound symbol. Um, that's if you are in the chat room and you, and you want to know how to get on the call. That's how you would do it. If you are on the phone lines right now, uh, again, we've got to go over this all the time because, unfortunately, we have problems with this every damn week. Make sure your phone is unmuted, rule number one. Rule number two, we do suggest you pay attention and listen because we do have people on from multiple states. If you do not have a registered screen name, we might say Florida, and there's three, four people on from Florida. Just speak. If it's your phone that's been unmuted, you'll be heard. We do encourage people to register and get a screen name. It makes our life a hell of a lot easier. Trust me when I tell you that, because then we can call you by your registered screen name, and then it's crystal clear. We're talking to you. There's no confusion if you're the one being plugged in. Um, So we do encourage you to register at TalkShoe.com, get a screen name. It's free. There is no charge. 
Um, it makes just life a lot easier for us to communicate when we get to the call portion of the show as we are at now. A couple quick announcements before we go to the phones, since, since we have the most people here now. A couple quick announcements. Um, number one, uh, again, to let people know, not this weekend, next weekend, Friday, January 27th, and Saturday, January 28th, uh, was the event you heard Ravana Noon talking about earlier in the show that we mentioned last week. Um, we will have Fridays um, at Cultural Expressions in Hollywood, Florida. starts at 8 o'clock. We will be doing the Cali Mantra Magic Ceremony, activating the dark energy goddess of Cali that we were talking about tonight, working with sigils, uh, mantras. Um, some mantras bring on possession of the spirit of Cali, so it can get a little bit intense. Um, that will be taking place at Cultural Expressions, followed by ritualistic drumming afterwards. Um, you must be in all black. Yeah. Give the exactly. address for that, because I think uh, some people still don't uh, have the address where Cultural um, Expressions You know what? I don't have it offhand, but you know, as we're speaking now, Yehuda should have that flyer to me by tomorrow, and I can forward, forward it over to you. I don't know the address offhand. If anybody does know it, they can type it in if you are in the chat. I don't have it offhand, unfortunately. I do need to get that address since we do a lot of events over there now. Um, hold on. Let me see somebody. No. <laughs> somebody just... Anyway, hold on. I got distracted with something. My bad. Um, I'll, I'll get that flyer over to you, uh, Ravana Nuna. He should have that by tomorrow. Uh, I actually talked to him earlier today. Um, so we'll get that information. And if people that are listening tonight wants that the email address we give at the end of the show. I'll give it now and we'll give it again at the end of the show. You can you can send an email and we will forward over a copy of the fly. But for the ritual, very important, real simple rules. We like to keep it organized and powerful. It's not a spectator event. So you're not going to just come just to watch. It's a participation event. Let's be crystal clear on that. So don't just come because you're nosy and you want to see what's going on. You must be wearing all black. There's no exceptions, no rules. Don't come looking all jacked the fuck up and then wonder why you can't get unless, in. It's, unless you want to come dressed as Kali. Females yeah, only. You want, come yeah, Kali. yeah. No please, males, please. No please. males are allowed to dress like Kali. Only females. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So that's that on Friday. Then the following night, Saturday, July, tw- I'm sorry, July. Holy shit, where the fuck is my mind at? I'm jumping from January to July. So you where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, And then the following night, Saturday, January 28th at 7.30 p.m. at Sophia's Garden of Ma'at, we will be doing a class there the following night. Again, these events are totally free, no charge. Um, But we do ask you, don't be ghetto, support. You know, vendors are out there, buy buy, buy, buy some products, uh, support on some level. Don't be that broke-ass ghetto motherfucker that just comes and wants everything free. Okay, it wants the hookup for everything. Um, so just have common sense to support on some level. That's that's it. We don't charge for any of the events. Uh, so we want to make it make that crystal clear. So that's what, just. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, what's Sophia's address? Man, good question. You got me on that one. I'll get the flyer for that one too. It's uh, I know it's 169th Terrace. I don't have the number, but it's 169th Terrace, Miami Gardens, Florida. Um, I do not know the number. I'll have to get that information. Um, again, he'll, he's going to have both flyers um, done by tomorrow. Right. Um, so I'll, I'll get that out. You can email me uh, for information if you would like information on that, and the flyer can be emailed over to you. You can email me right here at the radio show, K 
khnum19 at gmail.com. Again, khnum19 at gmail.com. That's kanum19 at gmail.com. Okay? Uh, so you can email me at that, and we'll get that flyer over to you. Uh, real simple. khnum19.com. I'm sorry. 19 at gmail.com. Um, so want to throw that out there. Um, there was something else, too. Oh, what we want to do, um, we're going to do that next week. The female show is at the week after the show. We said the week of the show, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, what we would like to do next Thursday, uh, as we did a few weeks back, we had um, a bunch of sisters uh, on the show. And we kind of have like a female panel. We want to do the same thing. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of lead with the questions. Um, so we like to get a lot of those sisters that were on that panel a few weeks back and have an all-female show next week. Um, so we want people to actually, you know, the sisters that were there to, to be here next week. And we're going to do the same thing, kind of get your feedback your experiences from a feminine perspective. So, again, not just hearing a bunch of dudes talk all the time. We want, we want the sisters again next week to speak up. Um, so we, we want everybody that was there last time, and if, you're in the, if you weren't there and you tune into the show regularly and you're a female, we, want, we encourage you to come next week and be on that female panel, and we'll, we'll lead in with some questions about this path again and your experiences. Uh, and maybe some of the stuff we talked about in the last couple of weeks, the GILs, uh, working with the isolated consciousness, how you've incorporated all these things in your ritualistic practices. It was a great show. Probably one of the most downloaded shows we had, and I got a tremendous response uh, from that show. A lot of emails about that show. A lot of, a lot of females uh, were, were, you know, glad to see that. Not just females, a lot of brothers were too because, again, most of the time, you just hear a bunch of dudes talking. So that'll be next week. Uh, somebody just sent me over the addresses. Uh, let me, let me, uh, Cultural Expressions is 401 South Dixie Highway, Hollywood, Florida. And the address for another person just texted me, uh, Sophia's Garden address, 3450 Northwest, 169th Terrace, Miami Gardens, Florida. Also, you can contact Brother Yehuda. I do have his phone number. Oh, actually, no, let me wait till he puts the fly. That's the address. The fly will have all the information, not to get redundant and just keep over. But those are the two addresses. Again, Cultural Expressions is 401 South 21st Avenue, Hollywood, uh, Florida, 33020. Um, it's actually right on Dixie, Dixie Highway. I believe it's right there on the corner there of Dixie and, and uh, South Southwest 21st Avenue. I know it's on Dixie there. Um, and then, then uh, Sophia's Garden is 3450 Northwest, 169th uh, Terrace, Miami uh, Gardens. Don't have the zip code for that, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's the address for that. But I'll get that information uh, as soon as Yehuda um, gives it to me. Yeah, right right off of Dixie, uh, Cultural Expression. So now that everybody's texting me. I'm getting texts from everybody here. Um, but anyway, that's that. All right, so we're going to go to the phones, uh, take some calls. We'll try to get to as many people as we can. Um, again, I'll mute your phone. And if you have any questions in the chat, you can go ahead and start typing those in. 
right, so let's go to the phone lines. Let's bring in. Oh, let's bring in Sister Michelle. What's going on, Sister? Hey, what's going on with you? Everything is good. How you doing? I'm doing good. It was a good show tonight. Uh, dealing with things I'm dealing with this week, and I'm glad mm-hmm. you said the information about the um, the ritual because I plan on coming down there just to nice. uh, experience it. You know. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Cool. But I want to cool. say something about those uh, the symbolism. I had a lot of symbolism <laughs> come to me from within, and I didn't take heed to them because I thought they wasn't they didn't match up with anything. I looked. I started looking for symbols to match up with it. And I couldn't find anything to match up with it. But since you, you know explained it on that level, I'm I'm glad I kept all of my little symbols that I wrote down. I'm gonna go back and, and revisit them, and then the, mm-hmm. the next. Yeah, then the next thing I wanted to say was that it is a daily walk. I mean, every day you should be facing something within yourself Mm. to be going through the changes. It's not something that happens every once in a while. It's happening every day. And you can't control how it comes. You just have to accept it when it comes, you know. That's right. Yeah, trying to control it, you ain't going to do nothing but wreck it. And it's it's still going to come no matter what. What you intend to pull up is going to come out. Deal with it. That's correct. That's the whole that's correct. Is to deal with it because that's what brings the changes. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it brings a whole lot of changes in your mindset, the way you, you view things and the way you view people. You can't even view people the same. You can't view yourself the same. You have to put everything in order. That's correct. And I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. Like, like, like you said about some symbols that you have seen, most definitely go back. That that that's very critical, very important because it's 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 personal for you. And I guarantee you, again, if you lock into those symbols, even though maybe at first on the surface when you saw them, you may not have like really said, "I'm not really sure." Whatever you might have looked at, said, "I'm not sure what it means." Just, what is that? You may not have made sense of it, but I guarantee you, when you clear your mind and focus on it, you're gonna say, "Holy shit, that means a lot to me personally." And you know everything you just said was on point. You know, it's constant change every day. You face this change, et cetera, all that stuff. Man, I can't stress. Uh, I don't care if you've been doing this three months or 30 years. Anybody that's a real practitioner on this path will tell you always there's always something new, always some challenge, something exciting, um, and that's the beauty of it. You never get bored on this path. It's never redundant. It's never, it's never the same. Um, and, again, that's one of the, to me, and I'm sure I'm, I'm, I would I would say most people on this path agree. To me, it's one of the most beautiful things about this path. It keeps you sharp. Um, but yeah, most definitely. Uh, I don't know if there are any other questions or comments. Feel free. Um, I don't know if you have anything else you would like to add, sister. No, she. Uh, I think, I think we lost her. Driving. I think her phone disconnected. Yeah, it did. It just says, it says hung up. We lost her on the board. Um, and I know we had her on the female panel, so if we get her back on, uh, make sure we get her here next week too, because um, I know she had she had a lot of input, uh, you know, on that show, which was critical. And I would suggest if you haven't heard that show, um, go back and listen to it. I think it's important, not just again just for females. I think brothers need to hear it, be um, because it'll. It, I think, <laughs> look, we we talked about it. We went on because I think it puts some brothers to shame. I hate to say that, but that's the reality. Um, because you, when we listened to the show, we sat back and we're listening to a lot of progress. We, we were hearing 
you know, a lot of experience. Hold on, let me get it back on. I think she just we just got it back on real quick. Sister Michelle, I'm sorry. I know we, I know you lost the call. Um, yeah. I was saying, yeah. is there anything else you wanted to add? I'm sorry. I I kind of lost the, the the end part when you were speaking. I didn't get to hear. My phone was messing up. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just saying that you know the, the beauty of this path is you know the constant change and challenges you face. That's that's one of the most beautiful things you know on this path. Just kind of confirming what you were saying uh, when you were speaking. Um, it's, it's just a beautiful thing, and I'm sure most people that travel this path, um, you know, would agree. That was the last thing. And then I then I was saying after that, if there's anything else you wanted to add, any other questions or, okay. or any yeah, comments? Okay, yeah, it is something. Yeah, it's something else. It's a beautiful path, all right, but it's a hard one also because you got to face the truth. You can't be lying to yourself. This ain't something that you can lie to yourself about because it comes out. I mean, it goes real deep, and, and not the surface stuff that, that people like to deal with, it goes way deeper than that. And in order for you to keep going forth and, and, and grow in it, you got to deal with that. Because all of that's mm-hmm. you. That's what I've learned. I learned that the good and the bad, that's me. That's the energy that I hold. And it's up to me, you know, what I do with that energy. Or how, how right. I perform with it. Even the, the anger, the sadness, all those emotions, they pack a lot of energy. And people don't mm-hmm. realize that that's your power. I mean, each one of them situations that happen, they happen to empower you. Once you understand them, you take you take mm-hmm. authority over them and power over them. And that's taking power over yourself. And that's the part mm-hmm. I appreciate the most that I've learned in my journey. You know, I know every day it's a struggle, and every day I'm, I'm facing more of myself, even the stuff I don't like. But it's all to the good is what I found out because it's, it's going to work out to benefit me later down the line, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm learning right. how to pull all of this stuff together and use it. Even learning, it was something else that, that you said about learning these archetypes and really understanding what it means to you, not what it means to mm. someone else, but, but how right. it's registering to you, you know, because it's something mm. within you drawing you to that. And when you find right. a part of you that's connected to that, either it's going to build you up or tear you down. And the tearing mm. down, sometimes we need the tearing down more than the building up. Because I'm learning about those false uh, illusions of ourselves that we put forth. I mean, you got to get past all of that. I mean, that's the that, part that's that, that'll get you really messed up is thinking you something you're not, you know. That's correct. Brother Ravon, yeah. anything you wanted to add to that, brother? No, I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, uh, it's good topic, guys. It's been it's been a pleasure, sis. And another thing I was saying before you got disconnected, uh, you, you heard us talking about the uh, show next week. We want to get the sisters back on, so I'm ho- hopefully next week you are free and available next Thursday uh, to be a part of that again. We definitely want to get your feedback on, on that show, most definitely. Definitely, you know, I'm gonna be down in in, uh, in your area, so I, I definitely want to tune into it. I would love to cool, take cool. part in that. So it's all good. Look forward. All right. To well, I gotta guys. say. All, 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 all I gotta say is this: When the drums start playing, man, I spec you up there. I spec you up there, letting it go. Okay. Oh, you know this. You got everything. All got right. Hang out. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm holding you to that now. Make sure. All right. So we'll see you next Thursday, and then we'll see you actually down here next weekend. We're looking forward to it. I think we lost her again. Yeah, the phone dropping. All right, so let's go to the next call. I'm going to bring in the one and the only 
Let's see if I can get her on the phone. Where's she at? Where's she at? There she is. She's, she's in a good mood tonight. I can feel it. I can feel it. Sister Sonia, talk to me. What's going on? What's going on? Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Man, why you got why you why you gotta come in all stink like that? Yeah, what's up? Why you got come in all angry like 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 you want to beat somebody? It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt the colony much. Now she got activated. Coming in all all college. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, everybody. Get the fuck out my way. What's up? Yeah. Bow down, bitch. Bow down. Move, bitch. Get out the way. Get out the way. What's going on, Sonya? What what you got for us? Questions, comments, opinions, talk to I have a question because um, I came in a little late on the show, but I wanted That's to okay. know. I knew you guys was talking about sigils and everything, but mm-hmm. I wanted to know if you talked about creating your own. Well, wait a second. I think Ravonna did mention about creating your own sigils. But I want everyone oh, yeah. to understand that sigils don't simply mean that it's some uh, design. Sigils can also be taken from words. Correct. Um, Go ahead, drop it. Talk uh, to us. Talk to us. Break it down, little mom. Break it down. Right. 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 Von Noon. You're not gonna talk to Mike. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, you gotta go there. Okay. <laughs> you get on. Oh, you get on well. Well, I just want everyone to know that they. I don't want no one getting hung up on sigils having to be some kind of elaborate. Design some different chaotic design right, that they don't understand. Point. That they don't understand point. what they're dealing with. That they can start by creating their sigils from words. Because mm. uh, mm. that's how I started. I started creating mine from words. Um, so give us an words. example, Sonia. Sonia, give us an example. Like when you say that, I, I, I get what you're saying. But just give us a quick example. I mean, I'm not saying you got to get long-winded, but give us an example of how you did that by using words so so listeners can grasp what you're talking about. All right. Um, like you want to set your intent. Like you want to set your intent. I want to, uh, well, whatever your intent is. Well, you can take your mm-hmm. intent statement and pull. I pull mostly not too many vowels but consonants to make my mm-hmm. sigil. From okay. whatever statement. So, okay. And where did you write this down at? On my heart. Okay. Okay. <laughs> mm. uh, okay. <laughs> you can write it. You can write it wherever you want to write it. You can write it on like it's like right. in the air. You can write it on paper. Um, Parchment. I've done it. I write it on paper. Mm-hmm. Parchment. Mm-hmm. Paint with drag hood. And I will, uh, yes, I'll do that. And incorporate it with whatever I'm working with. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Now that's a good point, though. I'm glad you say not to just, you know, doesn't always have to be something elaborate and, and intricate. Um, and, and you know, it's funny. It's funny you say that. Uh, funny you say that, Vic. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny you say that because, like, like, like you said, it doesn't always have to be intricate. It can be something very simple. Uh, not complicated at all, basic, sometimes can be the most effective shit. And you don't realize that. And I, that's another thing. We haven't really addressed, uh, you know, aspects. Sometimes people just go a little too far with some shit, and we don't really talk about that. Some people just get a little, some, you know, sometimes it could be just a little much. You know, people want to just get too elaborate. Yeah. And that, in essence, can kind of mess your rituals up too. Um, I think there's a time. Mm-hmm. 
What were you saying, Brother Vonanum? They tend to get a little too fancy with it, and it becomes patchy right. and, and uh, a, a, a charade instead of correct actual work. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree, and I, I think I think your energy will dictate to you. There now, don't get me wrong. I, I I can only again speak from my personal experience. I do think there are some times where the mood calls for that. Um, but I think when you force it and you feel like you need to do it every time you do something, it's got to be elaborate, then you kind of become redundant and that becomes kind of religious. Um, but I do think there are sincere times where your energy is vibrating and you need to become, like you said, man, I want to, I want to go a little more out this time. Like I want to be a little more elaborate in my dress and a little more elaborate in my altar setup, et cetera. I do believe naturally there are times where it goes that route only when it's natural and it's not forced. But, yeah, you can, sometimes overdoing it can actually take away the effectiveness mentally and spiritually from the ritual. So, no doubt, uh, most, most depth. But anything, well, anyway. Especially uh, since to, yeah, especially if you're not used to working with sigils or if you're not, you know, mm-hmm. it can become, you can focus more on trying to get that right than on the work that you're trying to do. Correct. Excellent mm-hmm. point. Anything right. else yeah. you would like to add, Sister Sonia? No. Anything else? Peace. Peace. Peace, love, and hair grease. All right, next time, <laughs> next time, next time you get on this call, man, don't be coming on here all hard and shit like you got beef. Okay. <laughs> go, yeah, go as Ravonna I've been working, I've been working with that Kali energy, and they got me all, yeah. you know. Yeah, she hyped up. Get she your amped. Get your, yeah, got, got you amped up. See, so, Sister Sonya gonna come in. The, she gonna come to the event dressed like Kali. That's how hyped up she is. Watch out. <laughs> well, I can tell you this: she'll dance. Dance to them drums. Look, man. No I, sitting I, down, I'll, man. I'll, I'll, come with, I'll come with my, uh, I'll put on my witch attire and just be witch. Your witch okay. attire. Hey, hey, like make, sure, make sure you tell your brother Jason, too, man. Let him know, man. I'm, I'm going to shoot him a text, but we got to get him there and bring out that, that Congo energy again. Make sure you make sure you yeah. let brother Jason know. He shall right, be so It's going to be good. All right. Yeah. Cool. Definitely. We appreciate you, as usual. Appreciate you calling in. I know most definitely. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, you're going to be on the show next week on that panel, right? Peace. Oh, Good night. Back the fuck up. Back the fuck up. Look at you trying to be all hard. You got jokes tonight. Back the fuck up. Let me try this shit one more time. Let me try this shit one more time. Oh, I'm going to rewind this motherfucker real quick. As I said, next week. <laughs> Next week, we expect you on the show, correct? We're going to see you here next week, correct? Okay, yeah. All right, that's what I wanted to hear. I appreciate you. Yeah, brother. And have a good that's night. Called, that's called not wanting to submit to the masculine energy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that was, right? It was a battle, brother. It was a battle. <laughs> battle. You that, yeah, right? I ain't give in, though. I ain't, ain't give in. All right, let me yeah. start fucking with you, Sonia. We appreciate right, you as usual. Thanks for listening, and we appreciate your input as usual. Appreciate it. All right, later. Peace. All right, uh, let's go. I don't see nothing going on in the chat, man. man y'all real quiet in the chat tonight. No, they, Super I think, quiet. I think they tuned into the words tonight. They ain't, they ain't having their own conversation. They tuned into yeah, the so, words. Yeah, nothing going on, man. This is the so, quietest real, I've real seen quick, in the chat. Real quick, the next call. Yeah. So would you say sure. being too elaborate with sigils is uh, taking your pubes and making it into sigil? Would you say that? Oh, look, look, look. If if something came to you and you cut your pubes off and, 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 and made a sigil out of it, if it works for you, brother, 
it's only it's only elaborate to the individual perceiving it. Now, somebody that maybe ain't vibing on that frequency with that, <laughs> as funny and as bizarre as that might sound to some people, it may not resonate and vibrate on a certain frequency level with certain people, or they might look at that as something crazy. But somebody might have had tapped into a certain state of consciousness and personal experience, and it might have... It, it might be beneficial for them. So, I, again, I would always – this path, they, again, there's no right or wrong. There's no, you know, judgmental aspect of looking at this because that's all perception to me. Exactly. If you ask any question and say right or wrong, well, that's where you fucked up in the beginning. If anybody asks you a question and go, is it right or wrong to stop them right there and say, well, hold on, then I already know where your mindset is at. So, I mean, that would be my answer to that. I don't, I don't fuck with right or wrong. Because I think that's all based on perception and the person perceiving that perception. So, hey, if you want to take fucking potato chips to make us a deal, you know, and it works for you, power to you. If it's pubic hair, power to you. I don't give a shit what it is. If it's drawing, whatever. If it's effective. Well, I say, simple thing I say, well, I say to people real simple, are you getting results from what you do? If you're getting results, stay with it. If you've been doing it a long time and you're just doing it because you like it or you convinced yourself, that is something good for you, I would simply say real simple. Here's how you know if it's for you or not. What results are you getting from that practice? If you've been doing this shit for a minute and you're not, nothing's coming from it, then guess what? There's your confirmation. Stop doing it. It's a waste of goddamn time. Yep. And if you're really, it's a dumber fucking question to ask if you are getting results. Is this the right thing to do? Well, if you're getting results, that's your answer. What are you even asking a question like that for? That's, I mean, it's that simple. Sometimes, you know what it is? Man, we talk about this all the time, Ronnie. You know what it is, man? Some motherfuckers already know the answers to questions, but they want to get somebody to stamp it with their approval. You ever notice that shit? want somebody to confirm it for them when they already had the answer before they even asked the goddamn thing. You Thank just you. want somebody to co-sign on your confirmation. On your shit. And, and mm-hmm. make it seem legit more for your mind when you knew it was legit before, which is kind yeah. of a problem. And I'll say why that's a problem. Because that means you're still holding other people as authority figures over yourself. Thank you. Yeah. But you know what? It's like it's like that old. It's like when your when your girl says, "Does my ass look big in these jeans?" Of course it does. If you ask me, your ass looks big in these jeans. You wouldn't ask me if it did or did not. You understand? It's we already know some of these things already. And yeah. again, we just want you wouldn't ask confirmation. You look big yourself. <laughs> I mean, thank thank you. Thank you. You understand? So look, don't go against that. That's a gift that each individual has within themselves that can be utilized as a major strength if you don't battle it and you don't go against it. You understand? It could be a great thing if you if you harness that power. If you harness, that's a powerful gift that can't. I mean, as basic as it may sound, man, don't don't negate. You know your natural instincts about your your the awareness of yourself. Don't negate that. Because you're going to find every time you go against that, that's when problems start to arise. It's like, should I go hang out like a spot that you really are having doubts about going? Well, if you're having doubts, some awareness within you is coming to the surface that you should not be going to hang out at a spot where you know some scandalous shit goes on. But then there's that other aspect of yourself that just regardless, and it's not the good aspect, that constantly already knows the answer, but it's courage. You're not nah, just go. Don't worry about it. Like, you know, people get robbed. And, you know, back in the day, we, 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 we would go to spots to hang out because our lower instincts would kick in. As men, 
spots, whether it was clubs or or, or so. Remember this back in the day? We knew crazy shit would go on there. People get robbed and yep. shootouts. But we want to go there because all we're thinking about was females. So we negated all that. All the reasoning went out the window because we were following a pure uh, uh, impulse that wasn't beneficial for us. So how many times did we go to these spots as, as, as teenagers and hang out in these clubs and these, these, these hot spots where shit went down all the time because we just blocked all, all, all that awareness went out the window. We started thinking with the other head, and nine out of ten times it got us in trouble. You understand? I mean, we could be here all night giving you metaphors, but, yeah, that's kind of how that goes down. So, all right, let's see. Again, not much going on in the chat. Let's see if we take a couple more calls here. Let's see if we can get. Uh, next caller on the line. Let's see if we could get. Uh, let's bring in Lady Mystic. What's going on? How you doing? Are you there, Lady Mystic? Your phone muted. Can you hear me? Lady Mystic, you're on the call. Once, twice, three times, four times. All right, must be having problems with the phone. We're going to go ahead and take the next call. We'll try to come back to you, Lady Mystic, if you can hear me. Not sure if you can, uh, but we'll try to get you back. Can't get her. Let's go to Northeast California. You're on the call. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Greetings. Greetings. What's going on? We can hear you loud and clear. What's going on? All right. Peace, Brother Ravana Noon. Peace, Brother Vanity. I'm just really, really enjoying the call tonight. You know, I'm driving as usual when I'm listening to the show, and I heard a lot of really, really helpful things. And um, I think uh, it kind of put me in a, you know, in a meditative reflection about quite a few of the things that you all mentioned Um some people don't even realize how deep indoctrinations go until right. they actually um, hear somebody outside of themselves, not necessarily defining what the reality or uh, an illusion, you know, a, a sense of illusion that someone may have had. And I was in a deep state of reflection because. Not only did I give a whole lot of years of religion, you know, of my life Mm. to religion, but I also was a part of, you know, this, this, uh, you know, I just have to call it like I see it, you know, which is a, you know, a a tragic state of, you know, women being married, you know, to men Mm. who are in prison. And I was in a relationship like that for, um, a lot of years and uh, those years being spent celibate. So um, it's my uh, condolences. sis. First, let me offer my condolences for being celibate for many years. That's torture. So I just wanted to offer my condolences. You know, I got to fuck with you. You open open yourself up for that one. But uh, no, that's rough. But go ahead. I got got to come in like that. You know, it's good to fucking (laughs) laugh at yourself because that's right. It's not only tragic, it's funny, but you know, I'm 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 True. I'm never gonna be, you know, where I can't be laughed at because shit, it was, it was, you know, both sides of the, uh, you know, the the polarity. It was 
you know, a whole lot right. of emotion, a whole lot of energy, I'm a sure. whole lot of, and I was thinking about, I said, that shit was vampirism, you know, it was, right. a, it was a whole lot going on there, and um, when you started talking about, um, you and Brother Ravonna Noon started talking about, you know, um, dealing with your own demons, I remember mm-hmm you know, during that period of time, because it wasn't, see, people have to be able to look at things um, not just subjectively and objectively, like you were telling me about the, you know, the deities last week, but, you know, know, it might have appeared to be, you know, tragic. The only reason why I said it's tragic, because I eventually had to pull out of it. But during the course of it, I call myself being very, 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 very deeply in love, whether I was mesmerized or Mm -hmm. hypnotized, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But I Mm -hmm. experienced a lot of what people may not ever be able to experience being celibate as long as I have been. I experienced astral travel because, hell, Mm -hmm. I had a desire, you know, to be with my man you know, mm-hmm. outside of the physical body. You know, I, I know you. what, you know, power you get, you know, and what power is lost through masturbation. I know a whole right. lot of shit, you know, right. that came out. And then eventually, when I had to finally face a demon inside of me dealing with, um, you know, an aspect of myself, and uh, coming face-to-face with her and freeing her, and it was she that helped me to finally, you know, after, you know, leaving, going back, leaving, you know, being seduced Mm -hmm. back, leaving, you know, and being, uh, what is the word, Uh, demonized back. You know, I went through the whole nine. Can I ask you you a quick question on that note real quick? Uh Uh-huh. All right. The, the relationship you had with, with somebody in prison, was it somebody that was doing a long term or uh, was it somebody that was getting out anytime soon? And I'll tell you why I'm asking you that question once you answer that. Is it somebody that was going to be getting out eventually or no? Well, I have to be straightforward. The brother had a triple life sentence. Damn. He martyred himself for a crime that he didn't do. So I went in, uh, and I never, um, we never, uh, is it consummated? We never had conjugal visits during okay. the whole time. Well, all right, perfect. So now I'm asking you this. The reason why I ask you that, now I want you to be honest. Did you, was this more sympathy for the, I'm asking you, because you use the term, you use the term love if that was the case. And sometimes that word love can be confused on a multitude of levels because, again, everybody perceives that word differently because I say that because you can love a car, you can love a piece of jewelry, you can love a person, you can love your mother, your father. They're all different levels of love. They're not really the same type of emotion because they vibrate on different frequencies. So I'm asking you that. All right, so, again, this is good, and and hopefully next week, you can come on the show when we do when we have all the females here because you're sharing an experience that's pretty, you know, intense. My thing is, I, you knew this dude was doing triple life, right? So obviously, I'm at, I'm trying to figure out the thought process because 
this is this is good for from for not just myself but for listeners to see how the mind works. Now, obviously, the thought had to be enlarged in your mind. You knew that you knew this brother was never getting out of prison. Obviously, if he was doing triple life, there was pretty much, you know, no chance that was going to happen. That's the reality. Now, so I'm saying your loyalty, whether you were leaving, coming back, like you said, you might have left, came back, whatever. Did you was it a sense of obligation and sympathy because, like you said, he was, according to what you gathered on the information, he was pretty much locked up for as it appeared a crime that he probably didn't do, as you said, was it some type of sympathy or obligation? Is that what you thought was love? Or did you sincerely, I'm, I'm asking you to be honest now, or did you, are you sincerely saying that this was an individual you did love knowing he was doing triple life? I'm trying to gauge that because this is how the mind works. So looking at it now, now that you can look back on it, I'm sure now you can be probably more truthful. What, what would you say? Like what was going through your mind? You understand what I'm saying? My first mind was not even to fuck around. I was um, I was in a business relationship with his brother, and he okay. fell into a situation where uh, he needed to be able to speak with his brother, and uh, his brother uh, and his and he was my business partner. See, we were all involved in a cult together. So there were um, internal as well as well as external forces. You know, we were in a, a brotherhood and a sisterhood, uh, a, a freaking cult that had a lot mm -hmm. of uh, play on this. When okay. the uh, when it was brought to me, it was a situation where I was just helping my business partner. We were working on some things together. And I told the brother, okay. you know, I, I sympathize with your plight, you understand? But at that time, I had a young daughter, and I was like, you know, I don't got no money to give you in prison. I sympathize with your plight. You know, um, I wish you okay. the best of luck. No, it was okay. no sympathy. You know, I was more uh, gullible, you know, because I fell head okay. over heels with this man, and I was that way for 14 years. The thing that that came between the relationship is that I fucking just, you know, woke up to the fact that religion was a farce and he's just such a, you know, and still is to this day a zealot as it relates to his uh -huh. religion that we could not, you know, like I said, it was my inner demon in me. It was like, fuck it. If you can't face the truth that, you know, you were railroaded by our mentor, he fucking sold you out. These are the facts. You know, and it wasn't, it, that wasn't something that I was intelligent. I just kept being faced with the truth, and I was dealing with mm -hmm. it. He wasn't. And I was leaving, mm -hmm. coming back and forth after that fact. After I had already spent that year, it wasn't, you know, sympathy. You. you know, I, I, I really you. felt this man to be my soulmate. And even to this day, I say, hell yeah, if I had to do it over again, I feel like I was stupid. I wouldn't do it over again because that's a lot of fucking time. But at the same time, um, I gained a whole lot. You know, I gained, I, you, well, you don't know, but I know. You know, mm -hmm. I still got a whole lot of it. And, you know, I just had to, you know, chalk it up to a part of my journey. Shit, I chose to come it's here true. and do this shit. I told him the Not same true. thing. I said, I tell you what, um, next time we go on the next go around, don't look for me to do no stupid shit like this again. You know, make sure that if right. you want to, you know, we're going to meet up as soulmates again, that you choose a better path, you know. But 
No, it wasn't sympathy. No, I was very, very, very sincerely, sincerely, you know. Okay, that makes sense. People may not be able to, um, they may not be able to see that. They might say, you know, that's some bullshit. But, you know, that's that's what people say. You know, my journey is mine, you know. It is what it is. Of course. No, I'm glad you. I'm glad you shared that. And again, I was asking that, and I'm glad you shared that because now it makes more sense. Because now you added the the dynamics to it. Because now it answers the question, you know, why you can be loyal to somebody knowing they were doing triple life, knowing, you know, that there really wasn't going to be a future. But I see why at the time you were engulfed in it, and for the reasons why you were engulfed. In it. So no, that makes sense, and it is. It is personal. It is your journey. And and yeah, nobody can be judgmental of that. But no, that helps. That helps us understand. So and that's why I was asking you, that. You you also have to you know take into consideration that it was at the beginning never in conception. It was never that you know he was going to uh, be doing that time. It was always you know we were under the impression that okay they know he didn't do it. You know the shit is gonna you know wreck itself. And he's gonna right. get out. Seven I years. Our mentor lied to us. He said he said he mentored himself and twelve other brothers. They all fucking got out. We like, oh shit, he gonna get out any day. Seven years turned into fourteen years. And I'm like, wait a mm. minute, goddammit, I signed up at seven, you know, fuck fourteen right. and we at fourteen. And so we gotta mm. I gotta look at this shit. And he didn't wanna look at I it. You know, to this day. You know, um, but the thing that came between us is that I was like, I can't do this religious shit no more. You know, you bow and you pray to a God every day, you know, but where is he in your defense? Where is he in your fucking rescue? I'm like, yeah. man, I can't, you know, this, can't my head is, is, I can't, exactly. I just can't do it no more. I'm not going to do it. I got you. So, well, that's a whole admit, lot for me to be putting out there. I don't like to just like. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, again, yeah. you get the point. Yeah, I'm not asking you to spill all your beans, but no, nah, I'm just, oh, I I just, just. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that helps. Just, just to, just to help people understand the mindset, because now you added the pieces to the puzzle, and it makes complete sense. So no doubt. But definitely appreciate you sharing sharing that with us, and and I hope next week, like I say, you can contribute uh, to that panel. So hopefully you can tune in next week, and you know I see your ID. I definitely plug in so you can share some of the experiences that we talk about next week. So we appreciate that. All right, we'll see about that. Thanks, brother. Y'all have a good right. night. All right, you too. Thank you. All right, all right. So there you got it. All right, let's see. If we take two more. Wrap this puppy up. We'll wrap this puppy up. Got shit to do, places to go, people to see. Let me stop. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. I feel a tree hugger coming on. Uh, I feel a tree hugger coming on. You feel that shit? Yep. I feel somebody That's hugging nice. some trees, man. I think this is tree hugger right here. Let's see if we can plug her in. Tree hugger, is that you? <laughs> Greetings, brother Benini. Brother Ryan, you always get me. Yeah, and I've been hugging some trees hard this week. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> Yo. No matter how hard you go at this, you know you're never going to shed that title, right? That's right. That's okay. It's quite all right. I own it. I own it. I own it very well. <laughs> like I What's going on? Talk to us. Like I ask you every time. Like uh-huh. every time. Are those trees hugging you back? That's the question. Oh, yeah. They are. They're hugging me back. They're snuggling me. They're protecting me. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> we, we, we have a connection. <laughs> 
thought What's I going on? I think you're going to be you going. Well, we might have one more call after you, but yeah, you might you might be the last one, depending if that call still stays on. But go ahead. What you got for us? Well, I have a question. You know, you, you mentioned that book uh, last week, uh, Brother Benny, the Egyptian Gods and Goddesses. Mm-hmm. In fact, I I yes. received that book today, just today Good. before the call. I opened it up, and I know you're talking nice. about Callie. I don't see Callie in here. Is she known by another name that I'm not familiar? No, you won't find Callie in that book. As Callie deals with the Dravidian or the Hindu pantheon. That's exclusively just dealing with the Egyptian archetypes. Now they do have uh, some Sumerian gods in that book. Uh, they do dip off a little bit into the Sumerian aspect, but for the most part, it's exclusively dealing with the Egyptian pantheon. So no. Um, what up? What up? Well, let me ask. I'm sorry. We just, go ahead. There's, a, there's another vampire magic book that is out by the same author. It's called Aharu, which is A K H A R U, and in there he does go into Kali and the vampire magic side of it. Oh, okay. And you know what? I did. Um, I will say that I do have another book. I haven't cracked it open yet. I got it about two weeks ago, but I'm behind mm-hmm. on my reading. Oh. Um, okay. Because you're yeah, hugging in trees, man. You got to take a break off yeah, the trees, man. Yeah, I know. I, I got to keep those trees hugging. I got to keep that going. That's fresh <laughs> <the> primary. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, no, I don't have Crazy. the name of that book in front of me. I don't have the book. I went to go see my head if I could read the title. Uh, but thank you so much, Brother Ramon, and I'll, I'll look into that book as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, that book, unfortunately, no, there's nothing in that book on, in reference to Kali. You don't really dip into that side, um, but yeah. So anything else you got for us, Tree Hugger? Yeah, um, now, Brother Barbara, you were speaking earlier, you were talking about the vampire aspect of, of ourselves when we work with black magic. Can you just elaborate on that sure. uh, just a little bit more? Thank you. Sure, all right. Well, as we know, the uh, vampire archetype is uh, one of uh, predator or, uh, and then there's the the lesser side of that, which is prey. Um, In all our lives, uh, we have played or flipped on both roles one one time or another. Uh, Unfortunately, a lot of us had been preyed by bullies and other people when we were younger, even when we were older. When you start to work with uh, vampire magic, you start to understand the difference between being a predator and a prey. A predator doesn't necessarily mean you're uh, preying on weak, um, feeble-minded individuals. A predator means that you're taking control of every part of your life, and you utilize everything to your best ability for your growth, whether it seems like it's the right or wrong thing to do. Because what happens is people will look at every part and they'll automatically label things as, oh, that's right or that's wrong. Whereas a predator sees what is necessary for their growth, and they will take heed to that and utilize it for their best ability. Now, whether that's taking, for yourself, for example, you can take energy from trees. Mm-hmm. Trees are taking energy from you all the time. It's called mm-hmm. the cycle of life. They take your carbon and flip that into some oxygen, right? right. So, in the same aspect, you also should be taking the energy from a tree. 
But it's not some unconscious thing that we've been doing. It, when you're conscious of it, you're also taking the dark energy of the trees because when most of us focus on nature, we always tend to focus on the lighter side of it. But underneath running all that is a dark current that's running all through this earth mm-hmm. that is not physically seen, but the roots, the roots of any tree, they don't grow in the light, do they? Yeah. They go deep down into darkness. And if your if your roots are not strong enough to dwell and go and master your darkness, then how are you going to grow? In order to grow, you have to go deep down in those roots. And in order to do that, you have to understand what it means to be a predator, what it means to be in control, what it means to be a master over yourself. And just like any tree, there's servants to it because the grass, soil, is servants to the tree in order for that tree to grow. Yeah. You understand? I'm just using yeah. concepts that may be mm-hmm. more for a general, for people to understand. But <clears throat> when you take the vampire archetype within yourself, you have to understand that there is nothing wrong with being that predator, that you are constantly in a state of taking. We like to think we're in a state of constantly giving. Mm-hmm. But just as much as you give is as much as you take. Right. So there's well. nothing wrong with it. You have to be that part of yourself has to be faced because just like Kali, Kali absorbed the energy of the demons to destroy them to transform into something greater. You understand, if she didn't take and destroy those energies, she couldn't transform into something that was beyond what could be measured, what could be Mm -hmm. defined. She had to take to expand, and she didn't think there was nothing wrong with it in that mythological story. There was everything right with her taking that energy. There was everything right with her destroying that energy. You understand? Because if she didn't, what would actually have happened? So you have to, there's times when you work with vampire magic, you have to understand that you have to be the predator, you have to stop being the prey and bullied and taken advantage of by society, by uh, cultures, by traditions, by family values and mores that may be outdated, by religion that is outdated. And as long as we don't face those illusions about ourselves in life, then we're always going to be the victim, the prey, the person who's taken advantage of. Kali takes that away and makes you destroy those false illusions and makes you the one who is the predator, that meaning you destroy, you're the destroyer now. You're taking control of things, you're destroying things that don't belong there anymore, and and you're transforming it to something that is beneficial for your growth to empower you, make you stronger. But if we just sit there, then we're constantly going to be used by society constantly used by our family. People love to think, oh, family is everything. Listen, family can also be the worst of enemies to you, too, because mm-hmm. people will say blood is thicker than water, uh, whatever they say, blood is thicker than water, but it's that very blood that can kill you, too, because families <laughs> turn on each other all the time. Yep. Family right. will hold you back. Family will label you, judge you, yep. restrict yep. you, every kind of thing they can think of they'll do, Right. You have to be able to transcend all of that, like Kali transcended all that, to transform to something that was beyond measurable, that was darkness, that was void, abyss, 
And through that darkness, she was able to do the work of the light to give birth to a higher intellect. Mm. So if if we're not able to go deep into that and, and realize that all my life I've usually been the prey and everybody's preyed on me because I've always been a nice person and trying to keep the peace in my family and all this shit, instead of realizing... These people were praying on me the whole time. My family pitted me against this person, and they fought against me against this. All this stuff, or my friends always were jealous and envious, and they kind of used me. And We don't ever get away from that. We're going to constantly be the servants and the slaves in this society. Unfortunately, right. a lot of melanated people, this is the mentality they're still stuck at, where they have to find ways to say, well, see, we were superior, we were this, we were original, we were that, but then we're the same people that are holding ourselves down with all this original, we're great, but our same issues and problems are holding ourselves down, and we're victimizing our own people. So we constantly are the, will constantly be the prey mm-hmm. for people who are stronger, people who are more in control of themselves and masking themselves. You're always going to be in, uh, uh, a servant to these people. Because they see your weakness, you see our feeble-mindedness, that's that's easy, easy, easy to take advantage of. So, like Kali, that vampire energy, she's able to absorb, absorb our weaknesses, absorb our, 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 our illusions, and transform that to some shit that makes you more powerful. Hope that answers some of it. Oh, yep. <laughs> now that was that was powerful. I, I just want to thank you. And you know, when I think about what you just said, I mean, that applies to me. Um, you know, I I, I take it everything you said. I've I, I taken copious notes on what you just said. But the way that I have transformed my life over the last years is that I had to remove people. I'm a, I've been a giver, and when you're a giver that way, you don't protect yourself then you end up becoming a prey, and I ended up allowing myself to be a doormat for people. Um, so I learned to guard myself, and I started to do away with the people that were not serving well in my life so that I could become that predator, like you're talking about. So nice. what I was going to say is, yeah, so I've learned to be an excellent receiver, you know, and, and I take that to be, the taker that you talk about. You have a giver and you have a receiver. So I've had to learn how to be a good receiver because I had been giving so much of my energy away that I had to learn to, I I use the term receive, but I have taken, I've allowed people to to respond back to me uh, and give to me and I've also gone and taken what it is that I want. I've been accustomed now, I've always been accustomed to getting what I want regardless of whether or not I allow myself to be prey. Um, but I've now garnered the power to push back and say, no, you're not, you're not taking from me anymore. Um, I don't need you mm. in my life anymore. Uh, right. I, I, you know, and then that has allowed me to attract bigger, better quality um, things for my life, which I'm so very grateful for. Uh, so thank awesome. you so very much for, for breaking that up, that, breaking that down. No, that's, and that's a good point because when we did, I think you were listening, when we did this series on um, – Vampire magic and the predator-prey concept, um, you know, when you're constantly giving and you don't know how to recharge yourself, that's when that's when problems really start to kick in for you. Um, could be family. And family can be some of the most draining shit you deal with. We all know that. Uh, it could be great, too. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying, you know, some great things that can come from family, but let's also, let's, let's, let's 
keep the reality there too. You know, the family can be your biggest obstacle sometimes. They can cause your most problems um, because of the amount of energy, you know, that it that it takes from you. But uh, the other thing, so I guess guess all tree hugging. There's some dark aspect of tree hugging that you learned tonight. It's not all. It's not all <laughs> fluffiness, man. No, you got it's the dark not. side. Of, you got, no, you got the dark side of tree hugging. That's right, but when you talk about that draining energy, I mean, seriously, just within the last week since the last show, I had a, a very close family member uh, tell me something that just kind of rocked my world. I'm like, really? You know, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it took me back. I had to really gird myself. I, I just had to gird myself and and make sure that I just had to gird myself because if I don't gird myself, things happen. That's all I can say. Right. And I needed right. to make sure that certain things didn't happen. And I had to step up up and above the situation and look down on the situation and say, you know what, that's just nonsensical stuff. Why am I allowing myself to be affected by that? That is just that's correct. a net on my shoulder. Okay, they're that's not correct. in the light. They're not in the light or, or the darkness, however you want to put it into perspective. Mm-hmm. They just don't have the, the wherewithal. They don't have the knowledge. They don't, they're, they're not enlightened to know what it is that they're doing. So That's true. I just, I have to excuse them. I have to forgive them for what they... That's true. Yeah, well, and just move forward. Mm-hmm. That's true. But again, it's okay to set those lines and boundaries as long as yeah. you're the one doing them and, and nobody's Absolutely. doing it. You know, that, that, that's key. But most, most one definitely. last thing. It's more important not just to forgive them. It's more important to forgive yourself. What do I mean by Self, that? Self, that's right. If you forgive yourself, that means you're forgiving yourself for even allowing the situation to occur in the first place. Yes, okay. Well, outcome, you're forgiving yourself for anything that occurred because it all started with you. So, yes, it did. I agree. I, and I did deal with that. And that's what surfaced up for me. And that's what I think if I didn't explain that correctly, I just need to, I'm glad you brought that up, Brother Ravonanu, because that's what it was that I was dealing with. That's what rocked my world because I had to really dig down deep and say, you know what, Layla? You caused this. You you, you're the, you caused this. Okay. Uh-huh. We got her name now, Layla the Tree Hugger. Here we go. Oh, oh shit. She opened you herself down, up. Layla the Tree, tree Hugger. I like that. I like that shit. Tree Hugger. Texas Tree Hugger is good. Okay. Go. <laughs> um, Texas <but> Tree Hugger. <laughs> the other thing that I wanted to say is, uh, and the last thing I wanted to say is that vigils, they do work. They do mm. work. Um, right. I, I heard Sister Sonia talk about her, her sigil. I, I did my sigil. So I'd only done it one time, and I, I'm getting, like I said, I get everything I want. <laughs> and I don't mean that. Uh, uh, I, I do. I get everything I want. Um, and and I, I say that. I don't mean to say it's like I'm all that, but. No, we know what you I'm, mean. Yeah. Um, so, but I did, I did, uh, because, I, I, you know, from the organic side, to moving into a more, uh, just learning the principalities behind what it is that I was doing as, with myself being the altar, um, I internally have been told that this is what I need to learn, so that's what I'm, why I'm here, and that's why I'm learning and advancing myself. Uh, so I just wanted to say with, with sigils, we have to be very, very careful about our intent and make sure mm-hmm. that we cover all aspects of what you want in the intent concerning the, the sigils, because if you don't cover everything, things are going to go kind of awkward. You're going to get some stuff that you really want, and then you're going to like, uh-oh, uh, what about this? Well, you didn't have that covered. 
right. Think about that. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's <God>. right. <laughs> that's but, right. That's hey, right. <laughs> hey, like we say, and, and again, starts for self, but yeah, you take take responsibility for your failures and your successes. That, that's that's right. part of the responsibility in this path. So it's just it's it, it's at the end of the day, it's all love one way or the other. So that's right. That's right. You know, as long as you put it in that perspective. You good, and I know you're gonna be here next week, right, for the all female panel show, right? I, I, I don't know. Should I Texas Tree Hugger? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think you should. I think <laughs> you should. You should share with the listeners. I heard. I heard everything <laughs> the sisters were saying, and they said it. I mean, really, I, I I just had some questions because I coming back, coming behind these sisters who have had some powerful things to say. I'm like, I don't even know what I could say after all that. Well, what we what, what, what we want to do, every I think I think everybody has something to offer on some level. What we, we you know, like we did last time, we're going to kind of lead the questions in, but instead of hearing it from us, we want to hear from you guys again because again, it added a different dynamic and a different element, and, and most definitely a different energy. Um, because obviously, when you hear on anything, not just this, but you know, especially with this. When you hear men talking about it from their perspective and, and the females, it just it just adds a different element. And we want to try to start balancing, you know, that element out now and, and, and hear from you guys. So you, you'll have something to contribute, trust me. So we expect yeah. you there. We're not really giving you, you know, it's not like we're giving you an option and shit. So <laughs> you know I don't I'm want you to think there. like we have You just know I'm yeah. going to be there. You know, I can't be yeah. away from, from uh, <laughs> Awakening Universal Minds, you know. Yeah. So. As, well, as long definitely. as I can stay awake, you know, you, you guys are just like, we got you. <laughs> we got no, you. We'll, we'll keep you awake. <laughs> All right, cool. We appreciate it. As usual, thank you, sis. We appreciate you calling in, right. listening, My and pleasure. supporting. You got it. All right, y'all have a beautiful week. You too. You too. Peace. Thank you. All right, we're gonna take we're gonna take the last call of the night. If that caller responds, if not, we are shutting it down. Right, bro. We've got on the call. Southeast Missouri, you're on the call. Who's there? Talk to us. Hello? Yes, you're on the call. How you doing? Hey, how are you? We are doing good. How are you? Uh, Lucia. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Uh, this is my first time calling in. Okay, no problem, no problem. Did you have any, any questions or comment or anything you wanted to say? Feel free. Entirely um, up to I've been you. Listening- I've been listening to you guys since September, and uh, okay. I've gained a lot cool. of lot of useful things um, that I've applied and I've really benefited cool. from. Um, I've been in contact with Ravana Noon recently, and he gave okay. me some things that I've uh, since. You know, you got you got to be careful talking to him, man, because he's real deceptive. <laughs> yeah, right, brother. You got to be careful, man. He's got that. He well, come at you with that vampire a, trickery. Well, now he has a voice to the face and uh, yeah. conversation I'm just, I'm back and forth. Yeah, that's, uh, see, that's why why we're trying to get people to come to these events. Because see, what people don't that's understand, right. we, we blind on this show. We don't know who we know the who voice. We, we don't know who we're talking to. So right. we can literally walk down the street one day and y'all can say hello, hey, and we'd be like, huh, what? So exactly. that's why we sometimes ask for the, uh, a face to be put to the name because it allows us to match the face to the energy, not just uh-huh. hearing the voice. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Well, now you have a voice to match the energy in the face. Yeah, exactly. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, but you're in good hands. Um, yeah, he's 
you know, whatever he shares with you, it's a good thing. I mean, I know him for a long time. We know each other for a long time. Well, he knows a little so, bit um, about my background and basically okay. where I'm coming from, everything you guys just spoke about. Um, I went through. Uh, cool. Recently, I say I've been estranged from my family for maybe about four or five years. I just couldn't take no more of them, and I really outgrew them wow. in many ways. And everything I'm wow. doing now is taboo, so they uh-huh. really just don't mess with me, period, because they think what I'm doing is, you know, they don't understand it. Uh-huh. Or I was raised in a closed culture, and I told uh, Ravana that the thing that intrigued me about you guys was the Palamayambe um, lectures uh, and how it's uh-huh. uh, kind of like a closed, closed, really closed off thing. You know, not too many people, outsiders, are welcome to it unless they're initiated. Correct. And I said the same thing of shamanism in my culture is, you know, it's not taught to outsiders. It's not something that you can just, you know, oh, teach anybody. And the, I, I was correct. telling him how the women aren't allowed to partake in these things, and rarely are women ever, you know, taught these ways. So that's, that's really intrigued me. If that you don't mind, able to, if you don't mind to interrupt you real quick. If you don't mind, share with the listeners real quick, uh, if you don't mind, your cultural background so they understand what exactly you're referring to. Because um, normally on this show, people don't are not used to hearing just various cultural backgrounds. I think this would give us insight to a whole nother world that we might not really readily be connected or hear about. Well, I'll be prepared to, if anybody hears this, and uh, I'm sure I'll get a couple of angry phone calls and everything else, but I really don't care at this point. <laughs> it just doesn't even matter to me. They're scared of me, so be it. Um, I come from a Native American indigenous background. Now, mm-hmm. when I say Native American, I don't mean, oh, I'm 116 Cherokee, all that BS they're talking about. I mean, I grew up on mm-hmm. uh, Indian reservation. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. being mixed, it's a hard thing. You know, you have that cultural identity clash and the not belonging. Um, right. We do have our spiritual practices, which I said aren't open to outsiders at all. So mm-hmm. it uh, really really isn't something that's spoken about, just like you say, um, initiates don't speak about, you know, Palomayombe to outsiders either and things of that nature. But um, I I can't really go into too much depth, but I I gave Ravana a really thorough background of me and everything that Uh makes me me, I guess you could say. Um, So so let me ask you a quick question. Whether it's Palomayombe, and that's why we do say that you brought up something that that was critical, that was key, and this is why... You know, it's comical to us when we see on YouTube and people do lectures on Palo Mambe, et cetera, or, or well, I've seen uh, people, OTO. you know, fake, what do you guys call mm-hmm. it, uh, faking the funk on Facebook saying, oh, you can't do oh, this. Yeah. And, you know, you said, you know, all day long, it's like you're talking all this stuff, you're trying to convince me or you. So Right. So it's just like, say, shamanism, for an example. And, and a lot of the Native American culture, like you said, is closed off to outsiders. Um I mean, have you yourself experienced when people talk about those topics and you knowing, like you say, you grew up, that's that's your, you know, in your blood, that's your spiritual culture, that's that you practice these things. Um, have you experienced that where, say, you have somebody who just got book knowledge because they read a lot of history books on Native American culture or oh, shamanism? Oh, no, 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 no. See, none of the stuff that we uh, are, it's it's an oral tradition. Exactly. So none of this can even be written down anywhere or even talked about unless you are unless you're actually a part of Thank the culture. You. This is not Thank this you. is not something that outsiders would know at all ever. 
exactly. ever, ever, ever in their lives. So I don't care what you say, what you, you do, unless you grew up and knew, then you don't know nothing about it. Right. I'm, gl- I'm glad you say that so listeners know it's not just us saying that. So I'm asking, like, the have things, you ever experienced? No, like the things, the things I have seen, the things I have experienced, I know for a fact nobody could read this out of a book. Okay. Nobody. Have you ever sat in a lecture or been at a presentation or even encountered some shit on YouTube that just made you laugh and was comical to you because based I, on you what know, you, you know just what said. You know what rubbed me the wrong way? When people are like, oh, Native Americans, you know, such and such practices, and I'm looking, and I'm rolling my eyes like, this is bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. It's bullshit. <laughs> oh, you know, Native Americans. How would you fucking know? Exactly. How would right. you fucking know? How the fuck And that's you how know? we feel. <laughs> See that feeling you got right there? That's exactly how me and Ravana Noon feel. Just bad. I'm glad they said, now. Oh, you know, they do this, like, there's there certain practices, you know, there, there's little minor practices that get out about tobacco and indigenous use of tobacco right. and how it's sacred to us. And I see these people doing this shit, and I'm just like, these, they got their fucking nerve. Mm-hmm. To be doing right. something that doesn't belong to you, to like, oh, well, it's, it's for people. No, it's not what it's for. You don't even know what the colors it represent. You don't know. You don't even know what the fuck you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't. Mm. And right. it's offensive to me. It fucking offends me. I agree. They're like, well, how would you know? How would you know? I was like, because. Regardless of what I look like, I know at my heart and my core and the blood that flows through my veins, I know who I am. Mm. Okay. That's exactly how we feel about Power Mayembe and things like that. People running their mouth off about, oh, they they, they know the secrets of Paolo, and, and all they ever did was read a book. They really don't see the inside because they never went inside of it to understand that. But those yeah. things are never put out to the public, ever. There's there's even things that I'm not allowed to know. I, I only know a certain amount of knowledge. So I know for a fact there couldn't be nobody out here. I mean, me as a woman in the culture, you know, women are, you know, the basic role, it's patriarchal, man above the woman and everything else. So Correct. we're I'm only able to know a certain amount. And then even then, nothing is ever explained to us sometimes. It's just like nobody explains us, explains to us, you know, why we can't do this or why we can't do that. We're just told something. So that's also why I kind of became estranged from it because it's like if no one's going to answer my questions, if no one's going to tell me why we're doing uh-huh. things this way, then I don't want to be a part of it. That's now, right. I have a connection. I, I guess you could say I'm the only one in my family that's like this, so I already stick out like a sore thumb. I, uh-huh. um, I, I'm, uh, <laughs> here we go, I'm about to open my big mouth. Um, I was, I was, how can I say this without revealing too much? Uh, it's all right. I I I was let's call it a mark. Ravana knows what I'm talking about. I was marked, uh-huh. okay. and this mark came from the spirit. Uh-huh. And after I received this mark in my dream, and I had the dream and everything like that, they started talking to me. Now, for for someone. You know, even even now they tell me, oh, don't you know, don't talk, don't talk, don't tell nobody this, don't talk, you know, don't talk to people about this, you know, you know, it's something that's to be kept quiet. So really, even then, me going against this stuff is, you know, people are gonna think you're crazy, or they're not gonna believe you. I don't care, right. you know, if they do or they don't. That's right. I, I know what's going on, and I'm aware that's of right. things that others aren't. And it's like every day I walk around and I see these people, and they're just so unaware of stuff that's all around them. I I can tell what's wrong with people. <laughs> it, it's really frustrating at times because it is a lonely path. Like you guys are saying, the left-hand path, you know, you walk on your own. You you do right. things the way that you do them. And That's right. It, it is. It's, it's, it's very lonely. 
and even it more is. so, I try to learn these things to try and, uh, you know, empower myself and come more into my being and who I'm supposed to be because my children, my children are just like me. They're exactly uh. like me. They're not like uh. everybody else where we come from. They're, they're, they're really highly uh, spiritually in tune with something. I don't, I don't even want them put a label on it or whatever, but they're they're in touch with themselves, uh-huh. that higher part of them. You ain't got them. You want to call it. But you ain't got them on Facebook meditating in five-minute videos Hell on a dirty no. floor with some sage. All right, cool. No, just no, want no, to throw no, that no, shit no, no. out there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm messing with you. I had to throw that one in there. We was clowning on that earlier, man. You know, no, I, I mean, I, I honestly feel like that my kids are old souls. I, I know that they just, they, mm-hmm. they know stuff they shouldn't know for their age, and it it. it scary at times, and I feel like I need to protect them from that, but at the same time, I need to learn how to help them come into themselves when That's they right. come of age. That's correct. That doesn't mean I want I them to, you know, oh, do this a certain way. No, I want you to walk your own path, and I'm here to guide you, not judge you. That's it. And that's, and that's, that's the kind of support like I never that. really had about myself coming into my being. Like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have that sense of guidance or direction, and nobody would teach me or tell me things. Like, I told uh, Ravana that even some of the cultural language and stuff, um, because I'm not a fool, but half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looked down upon, you know. Right. And because I'm a woman and I have this spiritual connection and everything like that, I'm looked at even crazier because I'm a woman and I'm not fool mm-hmm. native and I'm not supposed to have this kind of power. Information, yep. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, it's, it always seems a lot of these cultures have, that unfortunately chauvinistic when it comes to the female thing. I mean, shit, even in Apollo and Aoife, it's there. Um, then, like you say, you mentioned the other thing because of being mixed descent. And we know amongst melanated people, unfortunately, in these cultures, they, there's racism within it. I, I hate to say that. You know, you got Latinos have racism amongst themselves. People in the Caribbean have racism. It's, it's everywhere. And, but the but, worst is when we have it amongst ourselves. It's, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's when it's amongst ourselves, I think, is even worse because we, we set ourselves up for this. I mean, we, we have so much other shit we got to battle on a regular basis, but we set ourselves up for this nonsense. And to hear you confirm it um, based on your experiences is, is confirmation, you know. Um, you know. Unfortunately, it's fucked up. but you know, everything serves a purpose, like you said, as long as you, you you've evolved out of it. You got it's part of your blood, it's you. Um, it's there, but it doesn't mean you have to be confound to it exclusively. You know, you obviously you recognize as much more. Um, but obviously, you know, what's part of your blood is part of your blood. You can't deny that, it'll always be there, it's always gonna be a part of you. Um, but you just obviously have found a better way to accept that and work with it. But, you know, fortunately you got a lot of old school traditional people that come from these cultures, you know, they, they think ignorant. there's nothing else. Yeah, of course. Uh, unfortunately, I agree. It is. 100%. Well, the thing I struggle with the most coming up, um, being that I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm of mixed uh, blood, uh-huh. is I let these people make me feel like I was unworthy because I was mixed blood. Wow. And the okay. spirits marking me and showing me that they don't give a damn if I'm mixed. The blood that runs through my veins it's tied to them, mm-hmm. and they let me know that. So that's directly from them. Right. So right. I don't, for the longest, that was validation for me. Like, you know, they don't care. Like I told Nirvana, the very naming of me was an act of defiance. So right there, since I was a couple months old, 
I've been uh, defying every goddamn body, so I guess it must have just right. been this way for a reason. No, and I'm, I'm glad you bring I'm glad you bring that up because I'm sure Ravana has probably mentioned to you uh, us coming up because of us being from different ethnicities, you know, quote yeah. unquote. Being you know, light skin person, in. I get it. Yeah, of course, <laughs> you know, being being of that, you know, having the blood, but not necessarily per se being that a hundred percent pure African, and we realized, you know, we're not trying to be that. You understand? As we as we I'm got older, we tried, look, there you go. And That's see, it. we get I'm caught up in that sometimes. Hell with, exactly. I mean, because I've been rejected exactly. on all sides, so it really doesn't matter to me at this point. Hell with everybody. I'm going to be me. That's exactly right. Exactly right. And that's what we came to the realization of. You know, you have to be you because, you know, unfortunately, that nonsense exists. Like you say, you never felt or made to feel like you fully belong because they always reminded you of that shit. And that's the shit that becomes irritating. And I think as we, we all matured, we said, you know what, man, fuck that shit. That shit is so ridiculous when you really look at it. And it, like you say, it makes you, you know, the sad thing is, you know, hearing you say, like you say, it makes you feel like you were never fully worthy. You start sometimes, unfortunately, when you're younger and not maybe as wise mentally, you, you fall into that trap. You know, you get sucked into that trap, but, you know, it is what it is. But the great thing is recognizing it coming out of it, so no doubt. Well, the funny we, thing is the minute I stop giving a fuck is the minute I start to grow exponentially. There you go. When I started right. accepting myself for who I was, not not somebody somebody else wanted me to be, when I started becoming me and being proud of me and everything I came from, you know, I've had a really, uh-huh. really, uh, let's say, rough past coming into myself and, you know, always feeling like I was lost as a person going around in this circle. And finally it started to smooth out and I started looking for that, you know, why am I here? What's my life purpose, this and that and all that other crap. And eventually I led to where I'm at now, which is probably isolation. I would say I really don't mess with anybody. I don't really have any friends. I study majority of the time. The only friends I probably have are my kids. And maybe about two others. Cool. That's okay, though. And that's part of this path, unfortunately. But it gets better. Trust me, it gets better. And I'm sure you're ready to realize that. But hopefully next week, um, we're going to wrap this thing up. Hopefully next week you can um, contribute to when we have that female panel. we definitely like to hear more. And obviously you definitely got something to offer. Uh, Based on your experiences, um, you bring a whole other dynamic. you know, like you say, coming from a, a you know a very diverse cultural background, I think that's important uh, for listeners well, that are on this path. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what were you going to say? People from my cultural background are uh, they really have that fear deeply instilled inside them because I see it in my own grandmother. I see it in my, my like that that scare that fear is just. Yep running rampant within them still. And it, it, like I said, it's a really close culture, so they're, they're even more afraid to step okay. out of the box than everybody else, okay. even more so, I would say. Cool. All right, well, we appreciate you definitely calling in, and like I said, look forward to, looking forward, hopefully, next year, you do, next year, Jesus Christ, where am I at tonight, man? Jeez. Um, <laughs> you said next year? Yeah, I said next year. I said July when it was January. Let me tell you something. It's funny because you know what's been going on? Uh, Vic will tell you. Uh, Ravana Noon will tell you. And people around me the last two weeks like, yo, what the fuck? 
I've been getting my dates. It's like I'm way ahead. I, I'm going to try to, like, zone in on this. It must mean something. I'm way ahead of where I need to be. I got my dates, like, way in advance. I have wrong dates for events. I got different months on my mind, so I know it means something. I just need to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah, now I just said next year instead of next week. But uh, anyway, hopefully next week uh, you can, uh, again, come back on and contribute uh, when we have all the females on next week and uh, share some more experiences with us. But we definitely appreciate you calling in, and uh, we definitely appreciate your feedback. Okay. All right. You have a good night. You got it. Peace. All right, brother. I think that's it. We're going to wrap this puppy up. Uh, Again, appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, Real quick, for those that left, again, uh, next week's events, uh, Friday, January 27th, 8 p.m. sharp, all black attire. Uh, Kali Mantra, Magic Ceremony, Activating the Dark Energy of Kali, followed by Ritualistic Drumming afterwards. Uh, I know we've got several people planning to come from out of town. We're looking forward to seeing some some of you that listen in here on the show. Looking forward to meeting some of you all for the first time. Um, and following night, uh, Saturday, get my damn events right. I was about to say June just now. God damn, January 28th, got it right. Um, 7.30 p.m., Sophia's Garden of Matt in Miami Gardens. We'll be doing a class, myself and Brother Ravana Noon. Look forward to seeing you guys there. No charge for the events. You can email us at khnum19, kanum19, at gmail.com. Uh, for any information on those events, uh, we'll send you a flyer uh, about the events. Brother Ravana Noon, if you want to go ahead and uh, give your contact information, we'll wrap this thing up, and then I'll get mine, and we'll call tonight. If you want to get a hold of me, contact me. Any questions, comments, concerns, uh, you can reach me at Ravana Noon. That's R-A-V-A-N-A-N-U-N, Ravana Noon at Outlook.com. Or you can reach me through uh, Google Plus, Dark Occultist 99, or YouTube, Dark Occultist 99. Uh, and there's videos there. Uh, Brother Benito will share his information. He has videos, too. And the one last thing I want to say is, for all you people who claim to be something, you will be exposed eventually. Not by us. By your own doing, you'll expose yourself. Peace. That's right. All right, peace, brother. Uh, again, if anybody wants to contact me, uh, you can contact me at that same email, khnum19 at gmail.com. Uh, information for the event. You can also go to my YouTube channel, Mother Nubia Inc. That's on YouTube. Uh, there's a bunch of videos up there, uh, probably well over 100 by now. Um, you can also go to my Google Plus page, Mother Nubia Inc. It'll link you right here to the radio show also with all the shows are archived on that page. It'll take you also right here to uh, TalkShoe.com. You can also go to our Facebook page, Awakening Universal Minds. Any comments, suggestions, or other shows you might like to see us do, topics, feel free to drop us a line and we'll most definitely consider it. Uh, again, we we'll appreciate everybody tuning in. Again, if you are on the call and you're a female and you're a sister uh, and you're able to tune in next week, we'd like to get your feedback to be on that panel. Um, part of that show will kind of feed the questions, and we'll just have you sisters pretty much uh, give the answers. And, and there are not so much answers because there's no right or wrong answer. Just give your feedback and experiences like we did uh, on the last show. So looking forward to seeing most of the females that are going to participate on that show next week. Um, 
should be another good show. Uh, again, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, see you next Thursday. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the new people coming out next weekend. Peace. Have a good night. And we'll see you next Thursday at 9 o'clock. Peace. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.